Welcome to the cockpit. My name's Ryan and I'll be your pilot tonight. I am joined alongside my co-pilot. I've got Joe Blewett from Jets X Factor. Joe, how you doing tonight? Uh, doing very well. <clears throat> it's been a little bit since we've since we've talked and I think uh, it was right after the Browns game, but to be sitting here at six and three playing for hopefully first place in the AFC East next week, um, better than any of us really could have imagined it. So uh, I'm very excited to talk Jets in general. I'm very excited to talk to you because it's been a little bit too long. Yeah, seriously. Way too long. Six and three at the bye. Who would have thunk it? Boys and girls, if you're just dropping in, make sure you hit that like button. If you want to get entered into tomorrow's t-shirt giveaway, head over to Jets X Factor and drop a comment on their most recent video saying talking or well, no, say Jets Talk sent you there. And then uh, boom. And you might as well hit that subscribe button while you're over there. These guys have some great content content linked in the description down below. Uh, but Joe does some awesome analysis. You guys have seen him on the show a zillion times, so I'm probably talking to people who know this already. But that's all right. <laughs> Jets the Joe. Jets the Joe. Joe the Jets are 6-3 and three at the bye week. No way in my wildest dreams did I think that was going to be the case. Talk to me. What are your thoughts on the Jets and their record right now? Yeah, I was <clears throat> like being realistic, obviously, um, before the season, I was hoping for like four and five, I could see possibly five and four, but that was like my wildest dreams going into the, going to the bye week five and four. And obviously after the past game, everybody's trying to kind of talk people down like, oh, well, if we, we would have signed up for five and four any day, it's fine. But like, obviously you have to like readjust your expectations when they're, when they're um, going into, into that Pats game and you're expecting them to win. But overall, um, six and three playing for first place in the AFC East, uh, next Sunday or this Sunday coming up, uh, really, really excited. Obviously they're outperforming our expectations a little bit. Um, and they're showing how really close the roster is to legitimately competing. And I think this could be the year they actually do it. Now, are they going to get carried by their quarterback? Is he going to be able to carry us in some games in the, in the playoffs? We have to wait to see. Um, but in general, it's just so much more fun than like the 2015, 2010, 20, or, or 2009 years because those teams were old, a lot backloaded contracts. You knew it was going to kind of um, – it was going to kind of blow up at a certain point. But with this team, all these guys who are making impacts are like 23 years old. So it's going to be long-term sustained success. So uh, I'm really, really excited. Yeah, it's nice to kind of see. It was a long time coming. The Jets have been bad for a long, long time. And like you said, no one was expecting the Bills game to be a victory. I was thinking like, okay, five and four, it's fine. <laughs> it's way better than I would have thought. And surprise, surprise, the Jets wind up beating the Bills. And then the Bills lose yesterday to the Vikings in what might be one of the best games of the season. Uh, absolutely crazy. Josh Allen fumbles the ball on the, the zero yard line. <laughs> For a touchdown for the Vikings, that game's over. And it's like, oh man, oh man. The Jets, when I look at every other team across the NFL, there's no team that I don't think the Jets can contend with because of our defense. Uh, the offense is going to be a, a slightly different story. I think we have the horses in the stable to compete. It's really just a matter of Zach for me. Um, I guess let's, let's pivot there uh, just a little bit. 
I'll throw in Brian's super chat real quick. He says, let's beat Philly for the first time in the Super Bowl. Uh, that would be amazing. Could you imagine we make it all the way to Super Bowl and it's against Philly and we get our first win against Philly <laughs> in the big yeah. game? And I talked about this oh. last week. Somebody mentioned that in my in, in the super chat or in the chat with me last week too. Like, and it's and it's kind of multi pronged too because then you almost have like how we had to watch the Giants versus the Patriots. Now Giants mm-hmm. fans would have to watch the Jets versus the Eagles. So like, who do they root for? So it's kind of nice in in multiple um, facets. So yeah, I would I would love to beat the Eagles in the Super Bowl. I would really like to beat anybody in the Super Bowl or just get there um, mm-hmm. in general. So, but the fact that we're talking about this is so exciting because. Like how many seasons in the last 10 years are we talking about the draft? Not even by November, December, like legitimately week three or four. Like last year, obviously there's a lot of excitement about young players, new coach and all that stuff. But like week one, you lose. Week two, you get blown out. Week three, you go to Denver, you get your your shit kicked in in, in Denver. So it's like week three, you're like, eh, okay, like hopefully we can compete. But like this, like actually competing and talking about playoff seating and first place in the AFC East, like nothing better right now, legitimately. Dude, it's it's exciting. I mean, I can't I don't know the last time I well, I do know the last time I've seen a defense this good. It was the 2009-2010 years. Although I'd argue that this team's better than that. You're purely because of the the edge rush and the defensive line and then you look at the pressure that they're getting and the turnovers that it's generating for the secondary because now you can rush four unlike Rex Ryan's defense where you kind of had to scheme guys uh to get to the quarterback. You were sending five guys at a time, six guys at a time running some stunts. You know, it, it's not quite what this defense is. When I look at this defense, I see like our guys are better than your guys and we're going to line them up across from you and we're going to beat you over the head. Is that kind of what you're seeing or is it, you know, am I a little off on that? Yeah, I, I think, I think talent, like talent for talent, you'd probably pick this team where maybe that team was a little bit better coached with Rex Ryan, obviously in, in his prime. Um, and, and with that defense, I would say they're probably better in, in the run game. Um, just looking at some of the hogs they had in the middle. And obviously it's a different defense too, three, four, four, three. So they're going to have different, different styles. But um, in terms, in terms of the talent, I would agree with you that, that this is the better team. And again, with that team, like the t- uh, 2009, Sean Ellis was still here. So like you have Sean Ellis and Brian Thomas and and Calvin Pace and um, you know, some older players who aren't necessarily going to be here for, for years to come where this team, it's like, okay, sauce, you know, DJ Reed, who's what, 25, years old jj who just got here carl lawson who's still relatively young you know like there's obviously quinny williams who's freaking dominating everybody so um it might be i think it's pretty close like talent for talent but this one is built for much much more long-term success which again is is part of the excitement or part of the reason fans should be really excited yeah this defensive line is really really good and i what kind of bums me out is I'm, i'm starting to look at the line and how we drafted and like the guys that have clicked, like Clemens looks like he's going to be pretty good. John, Jermaine Johnson looks like he's going to be pretty good. And I'm looking at Carl Lawson. And I really like him, but I have a really hard time seeing him on this roster next year because of his cap hit. I think we saved like $15 million if you wind up moving on from him. And I don't think you draft two edge rushers and keep that kind of cap hit, especially when you want to pay Quinn and Williams that kind of money. So it almost feels like there's... I don't want to say more of a pressure to win this year, but you almost like want to take advantage of like a, a maybe a weaker overall NFL in general um, with some talent that probably will not be here next year. Um, going along the, the the ways of the defense, what do you think of this secondary? Like Sauce, Carter, Reed, Whitehead, even Joyner's playing pretty well. Uh, what are your thoughts on the secondary right now? Um, yeah, and, and to the point of like the the, the cap space stuff, it's 
it's, it's gonna be interesting to see how the Jets build it going forward because next year they have about like 30 ish million dollars. Mm-hmm. Don't quote me on that. You're assuming Q's gonna take at least 20 to 25 of that per year, the way the way mm-hmm. he's playing right now. And then past that, you don't have Joyner under contract next year. Quan's mm-hmm. Quan's not here next year, and he's not coming back on a million and a half dollar deal the way he's playing. Uh, Quincy may or may not be gone um, next year. I don't think he has a contract. His contract's next up. Year. His yeah. contract's up. And then same thing with Sheldon Rankins, who is a guy who has been really underappreciated by Jets fans. Um, when, when he's in when he's, when he's in the interior, um, he's been playing very, very well. So you have a lot of key pieces uh, on the defense that are going to be gone. And the same thing with the offense. Like McGovern, say what you will about him, but he's not under contract. Fans not under contract. You know, So mm-hmm. it's going to be really interesting to see how Joe Douglas – um builds the the team and and hopefully we get a little bit of hometown discounts from some guys uh mm-hmm. because the team is is obviously competing more and there's no 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 such thing as that jets uh, jets tax anymore um but in terms of the secondary um so there's obviously positives and there are there are negatives i i think some of the negatives get swept under the rug obviously when the team is winning um the the trio of the of cornerbacks the jets have i think is probably the best in the league um i don't really know who's the phillies uh nickel corner is but obviously mm-hmm. um they're stacked up with with slay and bradbury but they're also older than the jets duo so you'd assume that over time even if they're not number one duo they'd be number number one uh in the coming years uh, and then past that, you have Mike Carter II, who is a really, really good slot corner. Again, another guy who's getting paid pennies and is super, super young, what, fifth-round pick. So hell of a pick by uh, by Joe Douglas there. So uh, they are really carrying the secondary, whereas with the safeties, I don't think they're playing as well as some people think they are. Um, you have Whitehead, who is very um, high variance, whether it be blowing up a run or missing a tackle on Ramondre Stevenson and letting run 50 yards, you know? So um, there, there's problems with that. And then same thing with Joyner. Like Jordan has, uh, not not Jordan Whitehead, um, Joyner has some nice plays, but then there's also plays that, that are baffling um, in terms of like just leveraging himself properly and cover two and things like that. I think I think it was actually Joyner on that one play to Diggs um, for that last play for the for the Bills when when they got the mm-hmm. holding call. Um, Whitehead pretty much, pretty much had no deep responsibility, or he had one one responsibility deep, and that was, that was Diggs. And he opened up like 30 yards before he even got there and started just backpedaling and just let him run a, a corner route right in front of his face. So I think they could upgrade the, the safeties next year. And if they do upgrade the safeties next year, this this secondary is going to be um, terrifying. I, I think they probably keep Whitehead because I think he's making mm-hmm. like $6, 7000000 million next year. Yeah. Um, but I don't know about Joyner coming back for another year. I think that's going to be one of the spots they address. Um, safety, probably first linebacker. And then obviously the offensive line uh, is going to be a really interesting um, scenario, but again, the 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 three corners we're carrying the secondary are going to be here for for years to come. So it's awesome, you know. Obviously, getting Reed for eleven million dollars a year for three years is is a slam dunk signing by Joe Douglas. Yeah, and then I started looking at the linebackers, and like you mentioned, Quincy Williams not here mm-hmm. under contract next year. Quan Alexander not here under contract next year. C.J. Mosley has a fat cap hit, twenty one million dollars. I want to say he's like at least 12 or $13 million saved if you cut them. Uh, so maybe there's some sort of like renegotiation. I think this team really does like Mosley and I don't particularly want to see him go, but $21 million for a, for a linebacker on this team right now, I don't think is, is really worth it. I think you can find someone, uh, to come in a little bit cheaper there. I would like to see us retain Quincy Williams. I think he's probably going to be the cheapest of the three of those guys. Uh, I would love to keep Quan, but I would I would be surprised if he wanted to come back for what uh, what we probably should offer him. Um, mm-hmm. Linebacker wise, what do you think of Sherwood and like some of our our depth pieces? Like, do you think we're gonna have three brand new starting linebackers next year? 
well, if whatever they, I'm not, I, I suck with contracts. This should be completely transparent. Like I don't, I don't understand them at all. Um, but whatever they did with Mosley's contract, it makes it very, very likely he'll be back next year unless they want to cut him and then kind of, uh, extend the, the brunt of his cap hit throughout the next three years. And you're assuming the Jets are going to be competing for the next three years. So do you really want to just push it down the road unless you're really, really making a push in 2024? But if you want to maintain long-term success, if you really want to push, you know, 5 million into 2024, to 2025, to 2026. So I don't really think um, that will happen. Uh, so I think Mosley is back and he's, he's a leader of the defense, even though he's, you know, he's obviously lost a step. He's still really good in the run game. Uh, pass game, it's, it's hit or miss with him. He struggled in the Pats game, but the last couple of games, uh, minus the Pats game, he's been, he's been very, very good. So I, I think he's back. And then it's, it's hard with, with the linebackers because like, it feels like they, while not necessarily always the best, like they're kind of like the lifeblood. Like you hear all these interviews and people talking about how much they like Juan and how much he means to them and the juice he brings and all that stuff. But again, he's not coming back for a million and a half dollars, especially if he proves to be healthy this entire year. Um, because obviously he's had some injury problems, even though maybe they're a little bit overstated. Because I think he played like 12 games back-to-back years before coming to the Jets. So if he plays 12, 12, 17, or hopefully, you know, what, 21 games or 20 <laughs> games for the Jets, um, then that's obviously a, a nod to, to, to his health. Um, but you'd think that they would like to get him back because of what he offers. And same thing with Quincy. Like he's, while not necessarily, again, the best, he's, he brings that juice as well. Like you see – you know, tackles for loss happening and sauce seeing that it's Quincy and then they're both kind of timing up that whatever that celebration, whatever you're gonna mm-hmm. call that that he does. Like so I would like to see them them, them all back. And I, I think if they're if Quan and Quincy are the weakest parts of your defense, you have a pretty good defense. Um and, and kind of with the with the safeties, the linebackers have got covered up a little bit in terms of um them not getting targeted and things like that because of how strong the defensive line is. If you look at the Josh Allen um, fumble where Rankins made uh, had that strip sack. Uh, Quincy actually blows an assignment there, and Singletary is wide open for probably a walk-in touchdown. But you have Sheldon Rankins who strip sacks him, and then people and then people are never going to talk about that. But the process was Quincy blew a coverage, and there was a there was a walk-in touchdown for a running back. But people are never going to really look at that stuff. So they're not necessarily lighting it up um, in terms of or at least in terms of Quincy. I think he's probably the weakest link. But again, he's a high variance player. Um, and again, if he's the worst partner in defense, then then that's fine. So if you can get him back for, I don't know, what two three million dollars a year or something like that, I, I think it would be it would be worth it because you're going to have to cut pennies or you have to cut dollars at, at some position groups, and you're not going to be able to sign you know offensive line linemen and 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 and, uh, uh, and Quan back and Quincy back and a star safety. Like you're going to have to kind of take some hits at some spots, and I think the Jets defense is good enough to have Quincy as its weakest link. Yeah, we touched on it a little bit earlier with uh, the defensive line and loss and possibly not being here next year. I, I really do like him. I think he enjoys being here. I'd love to see him, you know, stay. But when you look at the just how much depth we have, we traded away Jacob Martin because of all that depth. You have Bryce Huff, you have uh, Clemens, you have Huff, you have like just a, a monster Jermaine Johnson. I think I said Huff twice, uh, but you just have a monster line. John Franklin Myers, yeah. Quinnen, like across the board like this has got to be one of the deepest units in the league and it's been really impressive because we haven't really had any sort of pass rush and we're getting it done with just our front four i think quinny uh quinnon probably gets you know four years or five years hundred million dollars something crazy uh at the end of this year and i think he's worth every penny of it i think there's a real strong argument for defensive player of the year as well i think he's the best interior defensive lineman and i think you could probably put him toe-to-toe with aaron donald at least for this season um 
it's fascinating. Yeah, if you're, if you're talking about his numbers, like he's actually he, the, uh, there's some, somebody put it. We have like a thousand writers at JetX Factor, but like one of them put out uh, some stats, and stats are, aren't obviously everything. But in terms of like pressure rates um, and nothing that's necessarily like you know PFF grades, we talk about that all the time on my show. Like sure. never <laughs> get into that stuff. But in terms of like pressure rates, sacks, hits, like that's something that is pretty is pretty concrete. So you could use those stats. Um, and in a lot of categories, he is. Uh, on top of Donald by a lot this year. Um, now, is he a better play, player than Donald? Am I saying that? No, Donald is one of the mm-hmm. best defensive players we've seen in the last in the last two decades. Like he's legitimately that good. Um, but Quinnen should be asking for you know a contract. I, th- I think Donald's cap pick ne- next year is like thirty one. Thirty one point six is his average yeah. annual. So he's probably not getting that, but I think Buckner is a little bit over twenty. So you're probably mm-hmm. looking at the minimum for for. For Q, I would say twenty-three to twenty-five million dollars is where mm-hmm. I expect it to fall uh, for him. And then, kind of like you said, with with Carl Lawson and having JFM for fourteen, fifteen million dollars, whatever that is, um, are you able to pay all these guys? And they might not obviously be able to, but but Lawson, while not necessarily exactly what we expected when we signed him, um, he's still a very a very good player. But you're hoping, um, and that's another guy we didn't even mention with all these signings. What is Huff going to want? Yeah, because well, he's a, with he's a restricted free agent, so you could tag him with the first or second round tender if you wanted to. Although, even and with what, the first round tender, you probably like. I mean, there might be a team out there that's like, "Hey, we get we got pick thirty right now. Let's go get Huff. This dude's pressure like percentage is always friggin' bananas. Like, maybe we take a stab on him. He's young. He's what in his third? He's he's just finishing his third year, but he never played a full three years, so that's why he's not hitting unrestricted free agency. Oh yeah, so that's that's. that's, that's Actually, good point. I've been thinking about that, um, which is which is good for us because past that, they might not be able to hold on to him because if the Jets can come to the, to the table and say, okay, well, you play, you know, 25, 30% of the reps and we'll pay you, you know, almost like a little bit over maybe what they paid like uh, Jacob Martin, you know, five, $6 million a year for that. But then his rep yeah. can come back and say, well, screw you. We think we could we could play 75% of the reps and play uh, play, and mm-hmm. play defensive end on running downs and things like that. So we want $11 million a year. So I think putting like what a second round tender on him would be like a four or five million dollar contract, something around there. Um, yeah, I think the first a is pick. a six million, and I think the second is about a four. Yeah, and there's so like that, original that would, round tender, but he was undrafted, so it'd be stupid to do that. That would probably do it. I think I think the second round tender would would do it because teams have not necessarily seen him play enough as a DN on, on rundowns to commit that much money to him and a second round pick because you're not. It's it's almost like the Jamal Adams situation, like. Once you once you give up a pick to get that player, he has you by the balls. So you're not going to say, okay, mm-hmm. here's a second round pick for a year rental. He, he again, now he has you by the balls. So you have to pay him exactly what he wants. So um, I think that would probably do it. But that's going to be an interesting guy going forward into 2024. And then um, you know, but it's obviously a good situation to have. Like we have too much talent right now to pay, and that's not been the case for for many years. But yeah, um, the 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 future of of Q and and JFM, if you could stop hitting the quarterback late, would be very nice. Um, JJ, like, listen, at the end of the day, like you watch that Vikings game, like how many times did, did Josh Allen evade those, those Vikings rushers? Like people do not make one-on-one tackles to Josh Allen in the open field. Like that does not happen. And for, mm-hmm. and for JJ, JJ, uh, JJ to do that was very impressive. You got Huff, um, Rankins is another guy again, who's making a huge impact this year. Is he going to sign back next year for five and a half, $6 million? Maybe, maybe not. You know, his first year was disappointing, but again, very, very good this year. So I, I hope they can bring him back. But um, again, how much resources do you allocate to the defensive line where you might have a Lamarcus Joyner starting at safety? Like, at, at what point do you want to maybe sub out Carl Lawson, get that $15 million and give it to 
you know, whoever everybody's favorite safety is in free agency this year. I haven't looked into free agency or the draft one time. I know like three guys in free agency, nope. like three in the draft. Perfect. So it's, it's a good feeling to have. You're not actually like looking at mock drafts at the like, end of September, beginning of October. Uh, Joseph Purdy drops and says, yo, Ryan, quick question. Should we be worried about the Pats in the race for the division? Not really sure, but I don't know if we should count them out yet. No, absolutely not. You shouldn't count them out. They beat us last time. And if they beat us this time, they're going to be ahead of us. Uh, I'm pretty sure, right? Six and three. Yeah, they'll be six and four. And the Jets will be six and four. We'll be mm-hmm. two and two in the division. I don't know what the Patriots are, but I would imagine because of our head-to-head, we'd probably be behind them. Blow so we'd up. be sitting at the basement of the division. This game's big. <laughs> it's first place or last place. for mm-hmm. Is it for both teams? I guess it's not for the Patriots. If the Patriots won, they'd, they'd be like second or third. Um, yeah, but I would not count the uh, the Patriots out. Joe, you counting the Patriots out? Um, so I don't, I don't know their schedule. Like I would want to look at their schedule to see exactly who they're playing. But at a certain point, I think that the dolphins, the bills and the jets are much more talented than they are. So I think you have to worry about the Patriots in terms of the wild card race more than the division. Cause I do eventually think they could drop out. But with that being said, you know, knock on wood, hopefully the jets stay healthy and you don't have to worry about competing with or, or competing with or, or having injuries throughout the year. Um, which is the only way I think they don't really have 10 or 11 wins, but it's it's possible. So um, if the Jets are going to, you know, for lack of a better term, shit the bed, then they have to worry about the Pats and the wild card. But past that, I just don't think their roster stacks up to the Bills and the Dolphins of of, of this division. So I don't think they can legitimately compete for the for the uh, division crown. But again, if we're going to screw around and, and not win some games here, then we're talking about the Pats having two wins on us and the Bengals, obviously, and the, the freaking um, and the Ravens, and you're talking about the wild card race. So that's that mm-hmm. gets really really sketchy. So this game is it, it's a must win to me. It, it really is. Mm-hmm. You know, get, you get that monkey off your back. It's what 13 in a row we've lost to them. Yep. Um, and obviously, I don't know who was in that stadium, but I was in that stadium last time. I know you were in that stadium last time, yep. Ryan. Um, I we were just, the better I, team. I need, I need easily the better team, legitimately the better team. Um, obviously, Zach Wilson completely shit the bed. And that penalty on JFM. And, and listen, at the end of the day, if Zach Wilson doesn't overthrow Ty Johnson, we're not talking mm-hmm. about that, right? So, and, and there's obviously other things that, that lost us that game. The run defense at a certain point, you know, third downs, they're converting third downs all day on us. Um, but I just remember standing up and, and you know, high-fiving everybody around me and screaming and losing my voice and the penalty happened. And then Kyle Smith would do the podcast with was like, oh, there's a penalty. I was like, no. So I just, I need some internal revenge on, on the Pats, it's just it, it's been brutal losing to them. So I would like nothing more to, to go into Foxborough, kick the shit out of them, and have a bunch of their fans leaving the stadium, um, you know, disappointed at what they'll be five and four if they lose that game. They're five like and that. four so, right now, so they'll be five and five right, so if they five. lose. Yeah, uh, right let's, now, let's they're, so if if we can get this win this week, the remaining schedule for the Patriots, they've got the Vikings on a short week in Minnesota. Uh, Thursday night football. Then they got the Bills. Then they got the Cardinals, the Raiders, the Bengals, the Dolphins, the Bills again. That's a tough schedule. If, yeah. if we beat them this week, yeah. we may kind of knock them out of any shot they have for the division. And then wild card wise, they're in a little bit of a world of hurt. That Bengal game week sixteen is going to be huge, as well as where the is Dolphins the Bengals game and the Vikings game? Are they are they home or away? It's home for so Vikings game is away. Home against Buffalo. Uh, that's a prime time. Do they have two Thursday night games back back? Yeah, they have. So Vikings on Thanksgiving, 
And then the following Thursday against the Bills, uh, that one is a home game for them. Then it's at Arizona, at Vegas, home for the Bengals, home for the Dolphins, then at Buffalo to close out the season for them. That's a yeah, tough let's just handle there. business and, and, and beat the shit out of them on Sunday. Like enough, enough with the with the Pat stuff. We're better than them. We have a better defensive line. We have a better secondary. Um, their quarterback is struggling this this uh, this, this season. Um, and in general, if you see Zach Wilson the way he played against the Bills, if he played that way against the Pats the, the week prior, we beat them mm-hmm. very very easily. So can he do that? And the Jets are obviously what four zero on the road. So let's continue the road warrior mm-hmm. thing. Go to Gillette and beat them. Um, if you want to be a playoff team, you beat worse teams. You don't get swept in your division by a by a lesser team, uh, and then you follow that up uh, with wins against you know. Again, I don't the want to Bears, the Lions, victories, the Jaguars, the like the, the teams yeah. you got to beat. Yeah, Bears, Jaguars, Lions are, are three games that we have much superior talent, which is crazy to say this year. Like we're much better teams mm-hmm. than those teams. Like yeah, the Bears have um fields who's running all over the place but we also shut down lamar jackson and i'm much more afraid of the ravens entire team than i am the bears team the bears team they just lost their two best defensive players too with quinn and with um roquan smith so they don't really have a lot of talent like eddie jackson okay mm-hmm. am i afraid of trace claypool no you know so not um, against this much defense. that team you know the 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 lions don't really have much of anything either their defense is dreadful and then the Jaguars, their offensive line is complete booty, and they have some players on the team. But those are three teams that you you beat at home if if you want to be a playoff team. You go to New England, that's four wins right there. You're talking about ten. And then, in my opinion, after you take those four, which again I'm getting ahead of myself here, take one against the Vikings, the Seahawks, the Dolphins, the Bills, and that and that's how I kind of look at the schedule. You win those four, you take a game. You know, listen, yeah, the Vikings had an impressive win in in Buffalo, but if you look at their schedule, like they're they're this win kind of solidifies the record a little bit. But mm-hmm. they're having close games with teams like the Commanders and some other teams that aren't necessarily mm-hmm. stacked up, uh, winning at the last second. And the Seahawks, yeah, cool. You know, they're they're five and four. Um, but that game against the Bucks was pretty terrible. And while mm-hmm. they have some young talent, that's that's a team that I think you stack up individually against the Jets. They're they're the Jets are a more talented teams. So um, the Jets should have at the minimum ten wins to me. But I I could definitely see um, eleven wins for this team. And even if we have ten wins, we better get, we better get into the playoffs because if that ten win thing happens again, like it did in twenty fifteen, we're gonna lose it. So. Dude, ten. I, I don't feel comfortable with ten wins. I just don't because of the loss of the Ravens, the Bengals. If we had lost to like, you know, some NFC teams, I'd feel a little less um, concerned. But I think when I, when I, I break it down into two four game series um, today, I was talking about it and I was saying the Patriots, the Lions, Bears, and Jaguars. Those four teams, you got to come away at least three and one in that four game series. You got to at least win three of those games and the Jaguars game at home in MetLife, like just before Christmas, it's cold weather. We haven't seen that Jaguars team play in cold weather. The Jets, I mean, we still got a young, a lot of young guys, so maybe we don't have as much like of an advantage as I would otherwise think, but I would think coming up to the cold weather in MetLife might be a little bit of a, a home field advantage there. And then you talk about the Vikings, the Bills, the Seahawks, and the Dolphins. If we can go two and two in that stretch, that's five wins. That gets us to the 11 and, what is that, 11 and six mark? Is that what math is now? Mm-hmm. I think 11 wins is what we're going to need to get in. And I'll be honest, if I'm looking at it, if we get the Patriot game, and then, like, if Allen has to miss any time at all, like, if, if he gets knocked around a little bit, that that elbow winds up acting up, I... Uh, Miami's the team that scares me right now. Like, I like I mm-hmm. feel like I'd rather test Buffalo and Allen possibly making some shaky decisions than go against Tyreek and Waddle and Hill. Um, 
they just they scare me. That's that is a, a talented team. And I was not like a I wasn't afraid of Josh Allen before year three. I wasn't afraid of Tua before year three. I'm afraid to say anything about fucking Mac Jones because I'm gonna wind up biting my tongue. I'm gonna wind up like ugh, it, it would suck. It would yeah, it would just suck. Um, I don't know. Yeah, they're they're stacked. They're stacked, but you'd hope our defense could match their their offense with the talent that we have. And then because you look at their 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 defense. Um, and a lot of like the, the Dolphins fans were bitching about, oh, well, you know, Bridgewater was out and Tua mm-hmm. was out and this guy was out. And that is like, we still beat him by like three touchdowns. Like, yeah, here, take, <laughs> take a touchdown for freaking Tua bringing out, being out, take mm-hmm. another touchdown for Brees Hall touchdown, do whatever you want. But like, we kicked the chair of them. So there's no reason that we can't, we can't beat that team. Now, am I confident saying that we're going to beat them in Miami? Uh, I'm not because they are, they are stacked. Like, let's, let's be real here. Um, I, I think the Jets just getting to three and three in the division would, would be good for this year, considering we haven't won a division game in like three years prior to that. Um, but for me, in terms of like the, the, you, you broke it down in the four game stretches for me, the, the first four game stretch of, of Pats, Jags, Bears, Lions, you win all four of those games. You take one mm-hmm. of the other three of the other four. That's, that's kind of how I am looking at the schedule because there's no reason to me. Um, again, in the past game, it, it is what it is. It's playing Bel- Belichick and he just has a Jets number. But at the end of the day, they got to end that bullshit and just beat them. And then past that, there's no reason if you look at the Bears, the Lions, or the Jaguars roster, they should be beating beating the Jets. Now, obviously, it's the NFL. Anything can happen any week. But if you're trying to get 11 wins, you just don't lose to teams like that. Like, yeah, the, the Jags have, you know, Lawrence, who's spotty. You have ETN. You have some players. But stack up the roster against the jets it's just it, it's it's different and and you're talking about like the the warm weather teams the cold it's fine like sauce has played in cincinnati that's it gets a little cold you know reed has played in in seattle like that can get a little bit cold so we'll be we'll be fine um i have some confidence in the jets going three and over the rest of the rest of those games again beat the pats and then again no reason you can't beat the seahawks or the, or the vikings so um it's just so much more fun to talk about this than to be looking at mock drafts like legitimately i know like bryce young uh tim anderson the guy tim anderson right from, from bama <laughs> cj stroud that's like, like I, it <laughs> i i know nothing like absolutely nothing i'm not a big college football guy and if nothing is better right now um and i actually went on to like tankathon the other day i think we're like the 26th pick or something like that like i we want to i don't think we are right now i think miami is 26 right now because of the division lead they might actually be higher than that because of how things broke down i think jets are sitting at 22 because of the buy we were at 26 just prior We'll be 32 by the end of the season. It's okay. Dude, first round bye is squarely in the conversation if the Jets can take care of the teams they should take care of. Yeah, um, me and my wife, me and my wife have to have a serious conversation because if the Jets are in the wild card game, um, I'm getting back from Costa Rica that Sunday of wild card weekend, so I might have to cut my vacation short a day, a day, so I can fly <laughs> to wherever they're playing. Um, um, I would, I would hope. I think the best case scenario for the Jets, and again, we are definitely getting ahead of ourselves right now, but we kind of just got mm-hmm. into it. Um, I, I think the best case scenario in terms of who they play, uh, the the first game would be the Titans. Like that's the team I would, I would want to see. Um, yeah. the, the first round if, if we could. Um, so, but we'll see, obviously the, the Ravens too, like we're a much different, mm-hmm. different team than we were week, week one, but still the Mark Jackson scares the hell out of me. <laughs> like he's just obviously yeah. in the playoffs and, um, it, it is scary, but I think Tennessee would be the best case scenario, but let's just get 11 wins and hope that we can get there. Because like you said, like having the Bengals and, and the Pats, if they sweep you, um, they're having the Ravens. It's just so sketchy with 10 wins and, you know, Jets fans, while we've had a great year, I could still see us at the very end, really having really shitty luck and not making the playoffs yeah. at, at 10 and seven. So dude, if we, if we have, I, I think now that we're at six and three and we see the way the rest of the AFC is breaking down, I don't want to say it's 
like a failure <laughs> to not make the playoffs. But if you have to readjust your your uh, expectations based on this point in the season, it would be a failure at that point. Like I, I would it's be failure. disappointed, even though before the season, I was like minimum seven wins <laughs> like that. I want minimum seven wins. Yeah. I think we're going to get to nine. Mm-hmm. Expectations change. This offense is an area that we can really improve upon. And it's, it's, you know, it sucks because we've been without three of our best players in Brees Hall, Corey Davis, and Elijah Vera Tucker. And Zach Wilson hasn't quite clicked yet. He, he's done enough to win us games. And I think we still have the talent. But if this offense clicks, I don't know if there's a team in the NFL that's going to be able to stop the Jets because of how good this defense is. Like, I think we can play with any team right now because of how we stack up. Talk to me a little bit about the offense. What do you think about the weapons? Let's let, let's start on the, let's do this. Let's start on the offensive line. So from left to right, I mean, we're, we're down, what, three or four tackles at this point. You have Brown, who's playing relatively well. Tomlinson, who's probably been the most disappointing of our free agent signings, I would think. Like, I thought we were getting a yeah. Pro Bowl caliber player, and his best mm-hmm. attribute right now is that he's available. And he's like kind of steady Eddie. He's not like, like, I'm not going to lie. There's part of me right now that's looking at this team and I'm saying, okay, we got Brown for next year. If he wants to continue playing or if he wants to, you know, maybe he decides to retire after getting off season surgery, who knows at left guard. I'm not opposed to cutting Tomlinson and moving AVT back to left guard. And then you figure out what you're going to do at center. And I kind of like Herbig at right guard. I'm not going to lie. Herbig for a lot cheaper than than uh, Tomlinson may not be a bad move. The only thing is, I think this team really likes Tomlinson, and I'd be surprised if he wasn't on the team next year. And then right tackle Mitchell or Becton, whoever, next year. Yeah, it's like that's that's another really interesting scenario, too, because like at the end of the day, Brown is going to be and, – and Brown was like initially brought in to visit the Jets when they didn't even – they had a left tackle. So is could he just be a really expensive backup next year? Like that's – it's a possibility. Mm-hmm. We have to see, obviously, what happens in the draft. Like, if there's a tackle, a left tackle falls into their lap at 32, would you, then, would, then we grab him. Um, you know, or, would you or trade a first for Tunsil? So, so, like, in a vacuum, you, you say yes because he's 28 and really mm-hmm. talented. How do you fit Tunsil and Q and all these guys they got to sign? I just I can't see them being able to manage the cap and, and not really kind of having to bite the bullet in 2025, 2026. So, I think for long-term success, you, you don't just because they have a lot of contracts. Um, but it's going to be really interesting to see what they do because Brown is, if he doesn't retire, his his contract is pretty much fully guaranteed. Like he's going to be here. Yeah. They're not just going to cut him. Uh, Tomlinson, the thing is, like if they cut him, they they owe him like half of his salary. So you're pretty much paying him $8 million to not be here. So is he worth $7 million mm-hmm. to you? Yeah. So he'll, he'll be back. Um, McGovern is an interesting case. When you look at free agent centers right now, there's not a ton of them. And McGovern, mm-hmm. I, I, to me, he's one of the players who Jets fans unfairly criticize. I, I think he's actually mm-hmm. been pretty solid this year. Um, now, I'm not saying he's top five or anything like that, but you know, just to quantify it, like in that 10 to 16 range, like he's a, he's a slightly above average center. And this year, he's actually been very good, uh, or actually mm-hmm. very solid. He hasn't had a lot of blunders. Um, Herbig's another guy like he's here on a lesser contract. Is he going to, what is he going to resign for? He's been, he's been solid mm-hmm. there. Um, I'm not saying like, I'm not saying, I, I think he's still a below average starter, even though last game mm-hmm. he was playing a plus average starter. Um, so do you sign him back? And then ABT is the right tackle. The only thing with ABT at tackle is while I think ABT could be a very, very good tackle. I think he could be an all pro guard. And to me, mm-hmm. like people 
almost over not almost they did they do they overrate positional value if you have a really 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 good guard but just a but just a good right tackle like take the very 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 good guard like quentin nelson makes mm-hmm. hell of an impact you know travis frederick oh, yeah. hell of an impact in the interior of the offensive line so if you can have an all pro guy um just leave him there it's just with with abt you want to figure it out soon because you don't want to be bouncing him from left guard to right guard to left tackle to right tackle all this time so they have to figure it out and i think his best spot probably is is going to be at right guard at Herbig most likely leaves, which is unfortunate because we all mm-hmm. like him. Um, and then next year, you know, then you kind of have a situation where it's Brown at left tackle, which he's 39 years old. So you'd hope they get somebody else to, to kind of back him up because obviously Mitchell's never played uh, uh, left mm-hmm. tackle. So you have, you have Brown question mark behind him, Tomlinson, um, obviously McGovern, if he resigns, which I think he would, you have ABT at right guard. And then, and then right tackle is really interesting as well because at, at, at one point you kind of have two guys, but you don't necessarily have like one solidified guy because if you just keep Becton and Mitchell there, you're assuming just based on what we've seen in, in the past, mm-hmm. I'm not trying to take a shot at Becton. He probably is not going to be healthy all year because he hasn't been healthy mm-hmm. in three years. Um, and then pa- so past that, you're going to assume he's going to injured. So do you want Mitchell as a starting right tackle all next year if he does go down? Well, and, and the way I kind of talk about Mitchell is he was good relative to expectations but he was not something you wanted starting at right tackle right right now he, he he was he was he definitely struggled um for sure but with that being said again relative expectations fourth or or, uh, or a fourth round pick coming out of what, what was it uh uh louisiana yeah mm. he, he did okay um or he did well but with that being said go back and just watch him individually against against the ravens against the Bengals, against the Steelers, all those teams he he struggled um in terms of being a starter so right tackle something they have to definitely I, I think that's a the position they have to figure out then obviously get some depth as well but that's it's it's going to be um interesting to see what they do there as well because they've they've dumped a lot of resources into that but they've they've really been snake bitten at the offensive line has been brutal for douglas i know that's obviously kind of what he makes his hay on so yeah i think i like the idea of brown as a backup or even brown as a starter in conjunction with a first round left tackle i think that's probably the direction i'd, I'd like to see us go early on just because I'm, I'm like looking at like the other tea leaves. I'm looking at linebacker safety. You know, I'd like to groom someone at center unless McGovern signs like a three-year contract or something like that. Um, I just, I don't, I don't know with Becton. Becton's someone that I'd like for him to earn the right tackle spot and have Mitchell play really well, you know, also, and then flip Becton for picks uh, at some point. Cause I don't, there's no way in hell you exercise his fifth year option this offseason. It'd be a, a huge mistake, I think. No, and and I kind of felt like and, and listen, like I'll root for every single player when they're on the field for the Jets because I want the Jets to win the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. I'm not gonna say Beckton's my favorite. He's not my cup of tea, like with the Twitter stuff. Um, but I did kind of feel bad from the other day, or it was a couple of weeks ago. I don't know if you saw on Twitter, but he's like, I can't wait to hear my name running out of the tunnel or whatever. Like, uh, like kind of insinuating that he's going to be the starter next year. Like, eh, you might not be the starter though. <laughs> so yeah. I don't know. He might be. He, you know, he might be. He might be that swing tackle um, next year. Like that's kind of your answer. But I, I think the Jets at least have to address probably probably right tackle. And if Becton's healthy, awesome. You know, he, then he's a really mm-hmm. then he's in, then then he's maybe your left tackle. And and Dwayne Brown's a backup. Um, I just don't think you can go into the season with a 39 year old Brown. Uh, an often injured Beckton at this point, and and a guy again who was impressive relative to expectations, but was not somebody that you're comfortable with starting at a right tackle. Not at this point. 
So do you want Mitchell or Fant to play right tackle from here on out? Like, would you prefer Fant or do you want to see Mitchell get the reps? Because I don't think Fant's here next year. I'm pretty sure we're just letting him walk at this point. No, no. So he, so he's not. And I think in a scenario where the Jets were three and six and not six and three, you say play the young guy. Um, mm-hmm. And maybe even not because you have Zach Wilson. Obviously, his his development is is intertwined with the offensive line playing well as well. So I'd probably not say that. But I, I have a better chance of saying, yeah, play Mitchell if the Jets were worse. But you're going for a, a playoff run right now. You start the better player and Fant is the better player than Mitchell at this point. So when he does come back, whenever that is, I know he didn't practice today and, and Salah or nothing I heard was seemingly very positive about him playing anytime soon. Um, so Mitchell may come back earlier than, than Fant. But even with that, um, I know Agwehi, that's, I'm saying that right. I don't know. I'm um, awful with he, that name. <laughs> yeah. Um, Agwehi is what it is to me right now, but Agwehi played not so great his first game, but his last game, he played pretty well. Like, listen, yeah, he gave up a, a strip sack to Von Miller. It's Von Miller. <laughs> like, it, it, It's going to happen. Mm-hmm. So, um, Agwehi at least last game against the, against the bills was better than Mitchell when Mitchell was in here, but you're talking at a, you're talking about a guy who's like on a practice squad. Maybe he just had a one flash in the pan game. So they probably ride Agwehi until he struggles and then put, put in Mitchell just because like the offensive mm-hmm. line more than any other position is, is so contingent on, on having that continuity with guys and they've been practicing together. They've been playing two, three, four weeks together. So do you want to mix it up again for the 40th? Fifth thousandth time for the offensive line, probably not. Um, but once Fant comes back, I think Fant is is clearly a step above Ogbuayi. So you play Fant when he comes back, whenever that may be. I'm obviously hoping it's relatively soon. So uh, Chris KV comes and says, "You guys think Becton would make uh, would take a team friendly deal come contract time if he does play next year?" Um, I don't know if there's a team out there. It depends how well he plays next year. Like if he has a top 20 tackle type season i don't think the jets are going to be able to retain him and i think he'd probably be best served going uh elsewhere i i don't know i don't know i think a team might give him like a a big one-year deal similar to like i don't even know whose contract i would kind of compare it to but it's like if you're healthy you're getting paid as a premier tackle if you're not healthy we're not paying you so we're not getting hurt like i I think that's an all right ish deal to kind of have with him um i just Mm -hmm. i think he's kind of run his course and i think there's enough smoke to the like hey this regime doesn't necessarily love some of the work ethic some of the like it's like all right i understand he had a kid but you know how much conversation was there actually between the coaching staff and him? It seemed like he went into camp overweight. I, I don't know. I would be surprised if uh, if he stayed with the team. What do you think? You think he make takes a team friendly deal next year? Um, yeah, it's kind of it's it's hard it's hard it's really hard to say because the the contract if it's if it's like fully guaranteed or anything close to guaranteed it's a really stupid contract that you have to give him an incentive based mm-hmm. contract and do the Jets go into the year with him as the starter? Um, and if he plays a, a full 17 games, then yeah, maybe you're more willing to give him, you know, um, an extension one, two years, again, an incentive lace, maybe like a team option for the second year. Um, but that's also assuming he walks into the year as a starter next year, which I don't think the Jets are necessarily in the position to do. Um, you have to assume injury with the way, obviously with how his career has turned out, not just year two or three year one, like we have to face it. I know the, the last years were like freak injuries, but year one, he played, what, 11, 12 games, but he came out of like two or three of them. So he played about half, the, a little bit more than half the season. Um, so to to put him in that position to earn that contract, I, I, I don't I don't see it. I, I, if I had to bet, Beckton is not a Jet after 
um, this next season. And honestly, if you can flip them just this next year, then mm-hmm. I would do that and, and get another guy. But the problem with saying that is what, what are you going to get for him? A guy who's been out for, for two years, you know, yeah. a very low, co- a, lo- a very low, um, pick. So I, I'd probably ride it out and try to prove him, prove his health. And listen, you, you sign, I, I don't know. Let's just throw out a random name. You sign Jack Conklin and then Beckton's mm-hmm. your backup swing tackle. And he comes in for some extra tackle sets. Like now we're talking like now, now Brees Hall's yeah. been running for even more yardage. So that would be exciting. Um, but if I had, to, if I had to guess Beckton is not a, is not a jet, um, pass, pass the next season, which is unfortunate because like we draft him, the dude's like a freak of nature. Like he is mm-hmm. the biggest freak, obviously on the team. And like, I like, the intro to my show forever was like, if he could just have every average technique, like he'll be like a hall of fame level player because of how much of a freak he is. But unfortunately when you're that big and one of the questions I had about him coming out was like, even though people say, Oh, he didn't have an injury history. I get, mm-hmm. he didn't have an injury history, but when you have that much weight bearing on your joints and you're more prone to get injured, it's just, it's just a proven fact. Your body's not supposed to be carrying that much weight. So that was the biggest question with him. And obviously, um, it wasn't necessarily like his fault that Greg Van Roten rolled up on him because he sucks, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it happened, and now you have multiple knee injuries for a guy who's 360, 70, 80 pounds. Um, it, it's definitely concerning for his long-term outlook. So if I had to guess, it's it's not going to be him, and they figure it out long-term with another right tackle um, this year. Yeah, if the Jets could get Conklin, that's an interesting one because his contract voids after this year. So he is going to hit free agency unless he re-signs with the Browns. And I think the Jets were so in on him last time that maybe there's a little bit more interest coming here next year. Because if you're talking to me and you're saying, okay, now you got Brown penciled in as the starter and maybe Becton competes on the left-hand side if one of them can stay healthy. And then you have Mitchell that can, uh, you know, back up Conklin and you give him a little bit more time to to go. And then maybe you decide to go a different direction with your first round pick. Um, I don't know. I just, there's no situation where I want to gamble on Becton. And I think you you said it right with the, what are you going to get for him in a trade? Like for me, I, if you gave me a third, that's the only way I'm moving him. And he'd have to prove himself in the season next year for you to even possibly consider getting that type of pick. And even then at that point, if he's proven himself to be a, you know, a, a third round pick value, you have playoff aspirations next year. You got Super Bowl aspirations next year. Let the dude ride it out and try to earn his next contract with whatever team he's going to be on and, and let us benefit from that, I think, is is probably where I'm at on the, the offensive line side of things. Um, as far as tight ends go, I'm a little surprised with the usage of the tight ends. I, I am happy with Conklin kind of going through camp, but it seemed like he was going to be the guy that was the focal point of the passes. I'm a little bit surprised by Uzama. Um, they're definitely utilizing him more as a blocking back. Um, I would have thought we'd see him a little bit more involved in the passing game. What were your thoughts on the, on the tight ends overall? Obviously, we haven't really seen Ruckert like at all uh, with how top-heavy we are with the Uzama and Conklin. Yeah, yeah. It, it, especially with tight ends, like how how slowly they develop. Um, you didn't, I didn't expect to see a lot of Ruckert this year, um, especially considering coming from the Ohio State system. Like he wasn't used a lot in the passing mm-hmm. concepts, so he's, he's very raw. Um, but I expect to see him more, more next year, even though it seems like Conklin and Uzama will be back. Um, Uzama, he was int- to, to be completely honest, and I said it like when they're both signed. I have no idea how Uzama got more money than Conklin because Conklin to me is just a far superior um, receiving tight end, and he's maybe not as good necessarily as Uzama as, as a run blocker, but pass blocking, I feel like he's he's superior. His route running is is very good. Uh, we've seen him not necessarily be as involved as we think he he should be, but like when he does get targeted, he's been pretty good this year, minus the first couple of weeks. I know he obviously had a. <laughs> Couple problems catching the ball early on and fumbling the ball, 
but past those weeks, he's he's been good. You know, the, the first three weeks, like he, I, I think he had, was it three fumbles in three weeks and through his entire yeah, and career? Yeah, I think we recovered two, two of them. I think we recovered yeah. two of them, and then I think we lost one. I think that's how it worked out. Yeah, so don't quote me on that, but I, I think it was three fumbles in three weeks, and he's only had two fumbles in his other four years of his career. So, like, you're going to um, obviously assume he, he comes back uh, to to the norm. So uh, I, I like Conklin a lot. Again, I don't think he's necessarily um, as involved as I thought he was, but part of that is, all uh, you know, obviously part of the quarterback as well. Zach Wilson is not necessarily – uh, he, he played well last game, but the, the Packers game, the Broncos game, the Pat, the Pats game, he obviously struggled. And even, um, was it, I think it was, it was the Bills game. I believe it was a Bills game where he ran a really nice route rocker step at the top of, of his stem and then broke outside and was wide open. And, and Zach just mistimed him. Um, he just took an extra second, hesitated and couldn't step into his throw and ended up just putting a little bit too much on the ball. Cause he, he ripped the ball cause he couldn't step into it and rotate his lower half, whatever. Um, so I, I think, I think those plays are there. Um, and, and Conklin, even at the end of the season, season, like if you extrapolate his numbers to the first, the first half of the season, I think he'll have like five, 600 yards for the jets, which I think is about, about what we expected. Um, but it's kind of nice that like, I, I think in an offense where we didn't have as many weapons, he would be targeted more, but at the end of the day, the jets are a run first team. Um, I wish they had Brees Hall to continue to run mm-hmm. the ball with because he was like, it's so crazy. The jets were going to have offensive player of the year or offensive rookie of the year and defensive rookie of the year, most likely. Um, and Brees Hall was just hitting his stride those last couple of the weeks. Um, so that's really kind of disheartening, but at the same point, the jets are still a, a run first team. And then past that, you, you would assume, um, that Garrett Wilson continues to hit his stride or, or continues to stride. Um, I just started my season review on him so far. And the first two weeks, Dude, like I'm telling you right now that um, Marlon Humphrey does not want to see Garrett Wilson again. He cooked Marlon Humphrey that that, that Ravens <laughs> game. That I, a couple times I even noticed. So um, he's exciting. Obviously, we're we're expecting the, them to run the ball, um, and then past that, uh, Elijah Moore at, at a certain point is going to have a few catches. So we have some talent that you're not necessarily going to have one guy necessarily let up the stat sheet, and that's not even kind of talking about or not even mentioning the fact that Corey Davis is coming back, who is Zach Wilson's favorite target um and people i've seen this on twitter and i've heard this like it's almost like a good thing that that he was injured because now he's kind of fine he's found conklin a little bit he's found garrett mm-hmm. wilson a little bit um he's not just gonna st- stare down Corey davis but i'm expecting the uh Corey davis to come back get some targets you know garrett wilson to continue to climb the ladder conklin to be there them to run the ball and then elijah moore is going to get um more involved he's he's too talented not have any catches the last what three weeks and the one time yeah. he was targeted in the, the Pats game, the ball got batted down at the line. Like he ran a really nice, I believe it was a whip or a return route, did a really good job on it, was wide open, balls batted down. Like, damn it. Mm-hmm. So I'm hoping Elijah Moore can get more, um, you know, more targets. And again, kind of like the Beckton thing, is he ever going to be one of my favorite Jets because of what he pulled? Not necessarily, but is he a really talented player who could help this team win? Um, yes. So I think if you unlock him and Zach Wilson continues to be what he was in the Bills game, just takes what's there. Um, you're looking at a really efficient offense. Um, so I'm, I'm excited for where they could go um, because I, I thought they were going to be at least a mediocre offense this year. And they've been obviously pretty poor. Um, but if you can unlock Zach Wilson, unlock Elijah Moore, get Corey Davis back, I think they could be you know, near that average level. And if you take that with a defense, that's top five. Now we're talking about what wins in the playoffs. So run game, defense, explosive passing offense, like Roger said to Zach Wilson, hit those three, four big plays a game. The rest of it, just make it boring. And we're talking about a very, very good Jets team. So, yeah, the weapons uh, like can't be understated. <laughs> the, the the Elijah Moore thing baffles me because I, I went from like 
screw this guy, I want him off the team, to like Brees and AVT and Corey Davis all going down to me being like, yeah, well, you could prove yourself real quick <laughs> if you want to like yeah. be on this team long term. I, I don't know where I am on Elijah Moore. I want to see him get worked in. It feels more out of spite at this point with LaFleur. Um, I'm excited to get Corey Davis back. I like that Mims got a few reps, but I think he's clearly behind Davis as far as like, like I don't want to see Mims out there if Davis is healthy. And I'd, I'd rather see, I mean, I guess if you want to have Mims and Davis on the outside and then you have Wilson work in the slot, but then what do you do with Elijah Moore? Like I, I do want to see him get some touches. Uh, and then you still got Berrios. Like I know you're not going to like force Berrios in there, but he'll get his, you know, five snaps, six snaps a game. Uh, where he might get two or three targets or or mm-hmm. attempts to run the ball or or whatever. Garrett Wilson is yeah. phenomenal. I the Elijah Moore thing, I think it's to our benefit and to his benefit to really get him involved. And I look at next year and where this team could kind of go. And I, I would not be upset if we tried to move Elijah Moore and maybe a pick to get a proven player at a position of need. Um I don't, I don't know who that would be. I mean, the, the first one that, that pops in my head is the Tunsil thing. Like, oh, okay, if they're losing Brandon Cooks, do they want Elijah Moore? Do they want, you know, would you still have to give up the first-round pick? Probably, because he's still, a, you know, a top tackle. I don't know. Do you think Elijah Moore stays on this team beyond this year, or do you think we try to, like, maybe move him for – I don't really want to move him for a pick. I'd rather, rather move him for a player. Yeah, I, I, I think, like, it kind of – Depends on how the rest of the year goes. Like if if he gets some targets, it, it's 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 really hard either way because if he gets targets, then you're almost more inclined to keep him because okay, he could be a big part of an offense, which is hopefully going places. You know, you're obviously hope this year playoffs, next year Super Bowl run. Obviously, we're hoping for a Super Bowl run this year, but like he could be mm-hmm. a big part of that. So you don't want to just get rid of him for pennies on the dollar because if he doesn't, you know, if he's not involved, then again, you're trading him for what you know a third or a fourth round pick, and he's much more talented than that. But at the same point, like. Do you want him to, you know, kind of not like he's not going to ruin the locker room. The locker room seems way too strong for that. Um, mm-hmm. But it's it's really it is really interesting um, to see how he's going to be like used the rest of the year. I, again, I think he will be more involved. But the thing is, like people will say, get him more involved in like jet sweeps and stuff like that. But in terms of that usage, Barrios is really good in you know end arounds, jet sweeps, that stuff. And then Garrett Wilson is much more dynamic than Elijah Moore in the open field. So he's probably your number three in terms of like gadget stuff. Now, does Zach Wilson get more comfortable and start to target him a little bit more? He's he and like I, I know the Salah thing came out where he was talking to CBS and they were talking about, oh, well, he's moving to the slot. Last game he played mm-hmm. almost all slot anyway. So he's been he's been already kind of moved there. Now, did the Jets like like kind of like almost soft bench him where he's not necessarily the the first or the second read, so he's out there seeing mm-hmm. reps. But not necessarily again one of the one of the top targets. I think week the the Pats game he played like what ten snaps. I think seven the snaps. Bills, I think is what it was. Oh, maybe the Bills okay. was seven. Maybe that's what it was. No, no, no. I, if I if I had to bet on it, it'd be ten snaps against the, the the Pats. I could be wrong, but let's just say mm-hmm. right around ten snaps. I think the Bills game he's around fifty percent. So I think going forward he'll be more you know sixty seventy percent and be playing more in the slot. But it's an interesting scenario for the Jets because like. The, the slot, especially if you're running a lot of simple concepts, it can, it, it well, it depends if it's going outwards or inwards, but the slot, if you're going inwards is a lot of the time your, your first read and Garrett Wilson's very explosive. So he gets open quickly in the slot. Um, but with that being said, Elijah Moore at Ole Miss was also a guy who was not used to facing press and got open in the slot, a lot of digs, a lot of overs, um, and is very dynamic in that way. Um, so who do you play there? Like they're both, they're both best suited for, for the slot. I know Garrett Wilson played on the outside last week, but the thing with Elijah Moore and like why he's not necessarily 
great as an outside receiver is one because they, on the outside you face more press. He even even at Ole Miss, like that was one of my biggest questions about him was him getting off of press because he didn't really face it a lot and he's so small and he hasn't been doing it great this year. Bows his routes out a lot, get, you know, doesn't stack guys. And then past that, like even if he is in a good position deep down the field, he's 5'8", five, 5'9". Five, and he, he, yeah, he's good at mm-hmm. like, catching the ball outside of his frame and stuff like that, but he's not 6'6", six, six, you know, 6'4", 6'3", 6'2". And he doesn't have the leaping ability that, that Garrett Wilson has. So um, I think they're going to move him. They're going to keep him in the slot where they already have had him the last two weeks. Um, but he'll, I think he'll start to be more of the first part of the progression for Zach Wilson. I feel like he wasn't, but, uh, going forward, if I had to bet after this off season, I would think he's moved, but then that kind of sucks because you have Corey Davis, Garrett Wilson, and who, mm-hmm. who was your three? Like at the end of the day, Barrios. yeah, I like Barrios. Do you want him yeah. to be your three? Mims. You got uh, Mims another year. Come on. Mims and Davis and Wilson on the slot. Come on. Come yeah. On. So just, if, if we're being transparent, Barrios is a good backup gadget receiver. Do you want him as your starting slot? You don't. Um, Mims, while he made a couple of good plays in that Bills game, he also had two and a half drops, a pre-snap mm-hmm. penalty. And again, I, I people hate it, but like I'm very transparent. That play at the end of the game, that slant, he bought, he bought, he body uh, caught that ball. It bounced into his chest, into his hands. It's not necessarily the best play he made. Mm-hmm. And after that slant, he cut it very vertical. You want to cut that a lot more flat than he did, so he let the the corner get into a tighter position than he was supposed to be in, and play the uh, and almost play the ball because he caught it with his chest. So like, yeah, it was cool like cool but not necessarily mm. the best process to get there so it, do I, if you had to bet right now i know you're trying to be like pot like is mims really receiver three next year is you're really gonna rely on that right now could he be sure right now i'm not gonna say yes to that so you're getting rid of elijah moore a really talented player to you know to 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 up uh barrios or mims role i don't you know we'll we'll see um now if it's for a right tackle or something like that you know now we're talking and addressing a receiver maybe mm. it's cooks maybe something else comes in i don't know but we'll see it's it's very interesting yeah, I think the the value of Elijah Moore is so much more valuable. Like at some point, I don't want to see us cut any of our players. I would like to see us like let them play their contracts out. They sign elsewhere because they're good players and we get comp picks. That's what good teams do. You you hit on your draft picks, you pay your core players, and then you replenish through the draft with the comp picks with your normal seven picks that you always have. Um so fascinating stuff. The running back room has been really impressive. And, and dude, it kills me that we don't have Brees right now. Because I, I think if you have Brees and you have ABT, you're you're really like as much as we're kind of like, you know, hey, we could play with anyone in the league. If you have Brees and you have ABT, there's like a real seriousness. Like this could be a one seed type team. Like that's how good they are. Yeah. Um so you, we definitely don't lose that back. passing if you have if you have Brees. That's for sure. Agreed. Absolutely agreed. And then mm-hmm. You look at Joe Douglas, he went out and he immediately made a move for James Robinson. He's going to be an, uh, a restricted free agent at the end of this year. So there's a there's an outside shot. We slap a tag on him in some capacity. And then you have, you know, you allow Brees to maybe not come back right away. Let him kind of work into it. You have Michael Carter there anyway. I'm not going to spend a crazy ton of money on James Robinson, but I'm really glad we have him. The guy seems like a, you know, a pretty solid back. Guy's punishing when he runs the ball, him and Michael Carter make a really, really good one-two punch. Like even if we like going into the draft last year, I thought for sure Michael Carter was going to be our running back. Number one, coming into the year, we'd draft the running back in the fourth or fifth round. And I'd be tickled pink, which is basically what we have right now. So even though we lose Brees Hall, I I feel like I'm more hurt because I saw what Brees Hall was, but I'm not as hurt because I like Carter and I really like James Robinson. I more than I thought I would even, what do you think about the running back room? 
Yeah, like that's another interesting one because James Robinson, like the, the 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 way the tags work out, like do you do you put a second round tender on him and then you're paying him four million dollars for a third string running back? Like that's what's the original? What, what was his? I, I don't know when he was drafted. So again, I'm very bad with like anything like like contracts, anything like that. Like with, oh, I'm good with it. So tender, I can we'll, we'll bounce some things around. <laughs> Yeah, Here we perfect. go. Because I, I thought if you're undrafted, original round tender goes up to like the fourth or fifth round, but I could be a thousand percent wrong. Oh, with that you. I actually don't know. Um, yeah, so what's, he what's was. Tender for? Where am I missing it? Does it not? I just show don't know the tender for UDFA's. Yeah, that's that's just it. I think it's. All right, hold on. I thought it was going to show me on the Pro Football Reference page, but I guess not. Where the hell is his draft? What for James? Chad, James me... Robinson, he, he, he was he was he, he was undrafted. Um, oh, okay. But but past that, is he? I don't know how the tender works with UDFA's. I thought it went up to a fourth round pick. I could be completely wrong again. I'm not I'm not sure with that. I mean, um, if it is, but... I'm fine with slapping him with the original round tender. I'm totally cool with that because worst case scenario, he gets yeah. signed by another team, and you get like the pick that you gave up for. You get probably a better pick back for him. Yeah, but the thing is, like, okay, so, but if it's not a fourth round pick and it is a second round pick, let's say the second round tender is is what you said, like three and a half, four, 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 uh, four million dollars, yeah. and talking about all the guys we're gonna have to pay. Why I but now you got Huff? Are, are, you, are you giving Huff the first round tender? I would give. I, I mean, I would have thought give Huff the first round tender and then sign him to an extension, like do like a two year, fourteen million dollar deal or something like that. Um, I would yeah, give it's, Robinson it's, the second round tender if we're not using it on Huff. But other than that, like original round tender is not that bad. I don't know if someone's yeah, given that up for a running back. Yeah. So, the, so my, well, my only thing is like, I'm trying to like really, cause again, like having $30 million in cap space, having to resign, like, even if we just try to bring back our team ne- next year, let's say again, you have about $30 million. You have five, like seven ish million dollars for your draft class. You have well, Quinn Quincy, and May, if you Juan, extend Quinn and you don't have to have the big cap hit next year, you can kind of like push that further push down the road. not even push it, but, but you can have, you can have, you can throw some void years on the back end of that. And you can say, Hey, you know, when, uh, you know, three years from now or whatever, you know, it's, it, I don't know. I, there's ways to manipulate the cap. I've, I'm figure I consider myself very savvy with the salary cap and with contracts. And like, I'm convinced the salary cap doesn't exist. Like good teams find a way to yeah. keep their good players find a good way to keep these players like i'm sorry that's what I, that's where i'm at at this point if the saints can do it if the rams can do it we could mm-hmm. hopefully do it so I, I think in a vacuum if you say do you want james robinson back i think the easy answer is yes especially considering you know how does Brees hall come back we don't necessarily know if took he's, saquon if he's on extra year yeah we don't know if he's 100 you know year or week one week two now now it is a benefit that his injury was it, it seemed like everything i heard it was relatively clean it's not like um, Javante Williams had a very bad, uh, uh, knee injury. So uh, it seems like he'll come back, but again, is he Brees Hall initially? Do, do they hold him out for a week or two? So at the end of the day, do you want to keep James Robinson? Yes. But, but with that being said, are you willing to put a second round tender, pay a guy, you know, $4 million a year to see how many touches as running back three? If you have Brees, if you have Michael Carter, what is he going to see? Maybe five carries a game and you're going to be paying $4 million for that. Is that necessarily the best allocation of resources? Probably not. Mm-hmm. Um, but with being said, it's an insurance policy. So it's, it, that's definitely an interesting discussion um, as well, because he's a good player. Like, I don't know why the hell they got rid of him for a fifth round pick. Um, but he's, he's definitely a good player for the jets. And just overall, like, you know, Brees Hall, it sucks. He went down because he is that superstar running back. Um, he has like, you know, you don't have, 
Michael Carter the second running, uh, you know, like uh, like uh, Brees did in that Broncos game. Like he doesn't he doesn't run that to the house. You know, um, he has that different breakaway speed. So it it really sucks. Me like a superstar running back who legitimately feels like he's top ten already, or he was like top ten ish in the league. And in terms of like numbers this year, he was already near the top of everybody. Like when's the last time we've had a running back average was it five point six yards or seven yards per carry? Like, that's stupid. <laughs> <laughs> and, and you're talking about with an offensive line that's been makeshift for for a lot of the years, and he struggled. He, I'm not going to say he struggled. He was not Brees Hall of weeks whatever it was four, five, six. He wasn't the same guy as he was, you know, weeks one, two, three. So um, he was really ascending, and it really, really sucks that he's injured. Yet you lose him and your best offensive lineman in the same game. Like it definitely um, hurts. But having Michael Carter and James Robinson still a very good um, running back room, and, and Michael Carter obviously was was very good. Uh, last game and, and James Robinson, if he is to be back in 2023, I, I don't, I think you have a tough time finding a better running back three um, in the league. And and that trio of them next year, assuming Brees Hall is healthy. I don't know if you're finding a better trio. I think the only trio you could, you can potentially talk about at least right now. Uh, and, and Hunt's not going to be back with the Browns next year, but it is, is, mm-hmm. is obviously Chubb and, and Hunt because Chubb is amazing. Hunt is very, very good. Um, and then I think they still have Dearness Johnson. I could be wrong though, but um, yeah, it's, it's a, it's a superstar uh, position for the jets and you have that behind hopefully an offensive line that, that figures itself out and is more healthy next year. Um, and you're talking about again, making year three for Zach Wilson, you know, easy, easy as pie. So. Yeah, uh, I just pulled it up. So first round tender, $6 million. This is all per over the cap, you know, so maybe these are slightly off. Uh, second round tender, 4.3 million. Original round tender, 2.6. So I think that $2.6 million original round tender, I'm pretty sure if we were to tag him with that, that is more money than both Brees Hall and Michael Carter are currently worth right now, <laughs> at least like contract wise. But does it, does it, is there anything in there for original round tender for UDFAs? So that's the thing. I, I've never, I've, well, I'm just, it, you can, never I think you can, I, I think you can hit them with it. It's just like, you're like, What's what do you get? Seventh round pick maybe? Yeah. Like yeah, you're I, supposed I, to get the original round tender back. So it's not like you're not going to get anything back, but I would mm-hmm. think I would have thought a seventh, um, unless it goes higher. The other option is he plays well, you let him walk, he signs elsewhere. And depending on like how you're working your free agency, because obviously we want to retain uh, Quinn and Williams. So maybe you're not going out and getting as many free agents. You could try to target guys that were cut from their team so you can work out the comp formula a little bit better. Maybe you get something for him there. But I would uh, I would try to bring him back if we could. I, w- I wouldn't hate this. I do think Brees is probably lucky from a mental aspect with his ACL tear, because I don't know if it's not like a, an ACL where you juked on it and now you don't trust your knee. Like he had his foot in the ground and it kind of got like tackle twisted. And I feel like that's almost better to have happen than to cut and not trust your knee. Cause I feel like that's where Saquon kind of like, it didn't feel like he was there until this season. Yeah, I'm definitely no medical expert with that stuff, but I, I get like him not trusting the knee um, because of a, a, just a simple cut versus him, you know, actually getting getting twisted. Um, it just hurts so much because like I was, I, I almost like threw up when I heard that he was might be out for the year. When I heard it was a knee, I was like, no way, because during that play, he got hit in the head, and we all assumed, okay, it's a concussion, like he'll be out for a week or two, he'll be fine. I hear that like, oh, he's being evaluated for a knee injury. I'm like, what? And then I went back and watched, like, uh oh, like it might be a torn ACL um and it's it's really it's it's crazy like does does he 
recover to what he was immediately it's 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 really it's really a guess like we have we have no idea you hope it doesn't take him an extra year but the benefit of the of, of having the, the the running back room the jets have right now is they could afford him to not necessarily be 100 percent. but at the same time let's be realistic if we're trying to make a playoff pushing or the super bowl next year you want a full a fully healthy Brees Hall because there's not a lot of like like running backs unless you have a superstar i feel like they're all kind of like lumped into the same group like you know they all have their strengths their weaknesses but unless they're like a true superstar they don't make a huge difference um it's it's more of your offensive line your scheme but Brees hall he's going to be that superstar like that's that's what he was becoming if, if not what he already was like the dolphins game he had near what 200 yards all purpose the broncos mm-hmm. game he literally won it for us on that on that run pretty much like he, the, the packers game you have the picture of of him with 11 packers behind him and him running like he he was just he was really butting into a superstar so you hope he can get back to that because it it, it does make a difference if you have that in conjunction with an offensive line um next year that you're assuming should be at least you know an average level um an average level offensive line now if you have which it, it, it always made no sense that the Jets signed Le'Veon Bell, and we're all happy because he's a superstar. Mm-hmm. The Jets didn't have superstars. But with that being said, if you put a, a superstar running back on a shitty offensive line, it's one of the worst all- allocation of resources you can possibly have because they can't overcome mm-hmm. it, especially a running back in Le'Veon Bell who was uber patient waiting for holes to open. Guess what? The Jets' holes didn't open. They, they were there for a split second, so you better hit that son of a bitch if it's there. And it just it made no sense, but with Brees Hall – I'm an average offensive line. I think he could take advantage of it. And and we saw that because again, this is this is not the the final product of the offensive line that the Jets necessarily want. You know, Dwayne Brown, he's up and down. Lakin Tomlinson is a massive disappointment. Let's be honest. You talk about consistency. We're not paying $15 million a year for consistency. <laughs> like we want him to be a very good player. Um, so hopefully it takes steps, it, it'll take steps in the right direction next year. And and hopefully Brisol um is there budding into that superstar. And then you have probably one of the better if not the, the very best number two back in the league and, and James Robinson back. It's going to be really interesting to see what happens there. Yeah, it's frustrating watching where the Jets could have had offensive rookie of the year and defensive rookie of the year. Like, I still think Sauce gets defensive rookie of the year because of the market he plays in and because of what he's doing right now. But if you look at Tariq Woolen, dude's got five interceptions. Like, stat-wise, it's going to look really good for Seattle. Not to mention Kenneth Walker yeah. is probably going to get offensive rookie of the year now. So now, like, but they did might you see, get both. Did you see? Did you see? It's, it's all the Brady all interception? Exactly. Like, such <laughs> bullshit. Like, we're rocking yes. out. Like, come on. Dude. Like, I want, I want, that I want counts. What? That. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, like, but you know, like, there's people out there who are just going to Google stats, see the, okay, it's, you mm-hmm. know, not all picks are, are obviously um, the, the, the same. So, when he got the pick on Bryce, like, you son of a bitch, Leonard Fournette. Like, really? So, but, yep. but with that being said, it's it's all about, like, the benefit of the Jets. Well, I, I guess the Seahawks are like five and four now, too. But he is in a quasi bigger market. He's winning all of the rookie. Mm-hmm of the weeks. And if the jets are making the playoffs and, and he is in primetime games or he's getting noticed more than, than Tyreek will will in Seattle. Um, but regardless, like to, to again, have Brees coming back next year, like they, like it, it is, it is. And I'm not trying to blow smoke up Joe Douglas's ass, but like the guy, he needs to be signed to an extension, but um, the way they kill like the, the draft this year was just ridiculous. Like the way it's played out, like we didn't like, yeah, we were all positive, but did we expect Brees to be a superstar pretty much, you know, week four on? And then obviously it injured sucks, but he's, he's turning into a superstar, if not already a superstar. You have Sauce, who's a top five at the worst 10 corner in the league. Um, you have Garrett Wilson, who, again, I'm only through two weeks of watching him. Uh, or actually, I think I'm in, I'm in the Browns week. So, yeah, I'm in the Browns week. So, two weeks of watching him, like, holy shit. Like, he is, he's really good. 
Um, so and then past that, like you have contributors late too. Clemens, is, Clemens is looks doing, good, you know, and, and Mitchell yeah, looks Clemens all right. Looks good and yeah, well again, Jermaine Johnson looks solid. Sure. Like I, I really like what we got, at. and he hasn't like exactly. you know he hasn't had the the wow sacks, but he's had the the sack mm-hmm. on Josh Allen was massive. No, and he has what like two and a half, three, four. Yeah, sacks, I think he's got two and a half. And Okay, so bunch two, of tackles two and a half for sacks, losses and hits and setting setting the edge setting the edge well. Um, that Josh Allen play was huge. Not a lot of defensive ends can do that, and that's what he was really strong at at FSU was like his tackle radius, his his motor chasing guys down. Um, that's exactly what happened on that play. But you're looking at a superstar running back, a superstar cornerback. You're looking at what could be a legitimate superstar receiver. Um, especially you know obviously if the offense is, is gets more consistent with its with its, with passing which you hope it does um but he's lighting dudes up uh, pretty consistently with his routes uh and then past that contributors down the line with with Clemens and and hopefully Rucker in in the future and then like the, the year prior it's still a good draft ABT could be an all pro at least a minimum pro bowler Elijah Moore we'll see what happens um but mm-hmm. Michael Carter II one of the better slot corners in the, in the league at, in your fifth round Eccles is a lock is, is a very good number four so I am very very positive about this Jets team but with that all being said we need consistent quarterback play to really take us to that to that point but with that um you know the, the Niners made it with Jimmy G the I'm not comparing us to the 2000 Ravens but they won with with Trent Dilfer so as, as long as you can get decent quarterback play with how good this team is I think they can they can make that run it's obviously you know, nobody expected the Bengals last year, and we're not necessarily a good comparison for them because they were a shitty offensive line, all skill positions, not a great defense. Where we're kind of, you know, running game defense with obviously not Joe Burrow quarterback, but you never know. Like you just got to get to the dance. The Jets made the AFC Championship game at what nine wins, ten wins. The Giants barely made it by the skin of their teeth. The one year they won the Super Bowl, so we just got to get there. V Man, sorry I missed this. He says Pats tend to have. Uh- Pats have a trend the last three years to collapse in the second half. So this is good time to get their late season collapse off to a start. Uh, yeah, would love to see that happen. Couldn't have happened to a better team. Uh, Sky C says, great to see you and Joe. It seriously feels like this team could become a yearly juggernaut with a full complement of all our players, plus next year's draft and free agent signings. We wait to see about Zach. Yeah, I, at some point you have to you have to have the the quarterback hit, right? And at least right now, I'm looking at this team, and while we are losing some key pieces, we are going to have some money. I think this offseason is more about retaining our own and restructuring our own than it is about going out and getting free agents, and then you just let Joe Douglas cook. <laughs> let him buy the groceries in the uh, in the draft, get get those guys, because you got seven picks, right? Like, I don't... I think we have our full complement of picks, or did we trade I one away? Did we I, trade a fifth or a sixth? I think, I, I think they might have five. To be honest, they really? uh, do they? Well, they don't have. They're not going to have the fifth round pick for James Robinson, right? That's that's one. That's next um, year. It's a conditional pick. I think. is that ah no maybe it is no I think it's twenty twenty four. I thought don't um, again don't quote me. I think I think on. it's five. I'll, I'll could it. be could be six though. I don't I don't think it's full seven. We um, have our one, our two, our three, our four, our five. We have the Texans sixth. So we don't have Second. our sixth. Uh, so we have six picks. We don't have a seventh round pick. Okay. So yeah, we have one in every other round. I'm wondering if the jets are going to like, because they're kind of at the point where they've built enough depth on the roster. Do they trade picks to get up to, to land another big time player at, let's say, you know, safety or linebacker or 
offensive line because like you said, like the Jets are going to be it's 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 almost like yeah, it's great right now, but we are so used to in the offseason like they have this many picks, this much money. This offseason yeah. is going to be so boring. <laughs> but I'm I'm, I'm obviously <laughs> welcoming it because we we're not really going to be able to sign a lot of guys. We're not like the draft is obviously we don't have two you know top ten picks. We're going to have pick again thirty two. So. Um, we're at the wait a while. And like the thing with like film reviews and stuff for like me personally, like at pick 32, like how many guys can you freaking do it? There's so many possibilities. It's not like, Oh, we'll do the top couple of corners, the top couple of DNs. So like, I'm not going to know where to go for that. So, um, yeah. but it's gonna be interesting to see if they, if they trade up to land a couple of more big fish to really put us over the top for that Super Bowl instead of building depth. Like because at, at, at a certain point, like, yeah, you hope that your fifth round pick will be my quarter of the second, but do you want to package that fifth and a sixth with your second to move up to the top of the second round and grab another stud, Again, maybe maybe it's a safety. I I think I think safety, um, or probably offensive line safety and linebacker, whatever order you want to put them in, are the three things that have to get addressed. But safety is is barred on it. It has to happen. Um, again, I, I think that's a position that has been overlooked because of how well the other players on the team are playing, mainly corner uh, cornerback and the defensive line. But there are a lot of plays where you're watching them out there, like, ooh, thank God the rush got there because <laughs> they got beat pretty bad. So, um, they mm-hmm. are not they're not they're not killing it right now, and um. Uh, so maybe Whitehead's back, Joiner again. What happens with him, and then your linebacker core is gonna be interesting as well. So I think those are the three minimum that they have to hit. Um, but how do they do it? But like you said, the, the salary cap is is fake, so I'm sure they can figure out a way. Yeah, and trading picks for proven players or for better players in the draft class, I think is is an interesting way to go. And I'm I'm fine with that, but I'm also. <sighs> You know what? I, I love how Joe Douglas is able to find talent. Like I'd almost yeah. rather have have more cracks at four year rookie contracts than like package two picks and only get one player. At, at least maybe at this point. Like I I think we're I don't want to say we're top heavy, but I I think we are deep and are top of like the guys that we're relying on. Like our core is young. We brought it up before. AVT Sauce Reed. Mm-hmm. I think just turned twenty six this past Friday. Like literally yeah. everyone down the line is 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 young on this team. Like even Carl Lawson, who I don't think will be back here next year. Uh, I think he's like twenty eight years old. So like the team overall uh, is is pretty pretty young. Um, mm-hmm. Iowa Jets fan wants to know where are you tailgating for the Vikings game, Joe? Did I say I was going? Um, so I obviously went to Chicago, then well, actually went, I went to Italy, Chicago, and then Wisconsin. I don't think I could pull the Vikings game as well. My I work think the, will kill me. Is the Vikings um, game in Minnesota? It's in Minnesota. Yeah, that's the thing. I, I was I was actually trying who, to go there. Who um, are three home games? Going, it's, it's the Bears. It's, it's the Jags. Jags Lions. Yeah, Lions is a home game. Lions is a home game. Yep. Huh. So um, I was thinking about actually going to uh new england this week but tickets are like 450 dollars for like nosebleed seats I'm like that is ridiculous for for new to england. get yelled so at the entire time <laughs> yeah so uh so the thing is like if i was going to try to go to, to the vikings or to seattle but i think i'm going to knock on wood the jets make the playoffs and wherever they play their wild card game their divisional game those games i gotta save up money for a super bowl run so that's 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 the that's the problem right now so I'll bet all the three home games, um, and then pass that all the all the uh, hopefully it's a, hopefully it's a home playoff game actually, right? So so fuck that. I'll, I'll be at MetLife Stadium parking lot for for the divisional round because we have a week one by. Dude, that's that would be friggin' awesome. I want the home playoff game. We haven't had a home playoff game since like two thousand two. I mean, yeah, I've never it, been to one. Never been to one. Uh, I didn't go to that one. I don't think we bought the tickets that year. We had season mm-hmm. tickets for a long time, and I don't think we went. 
I don't know when you have to buy the playoff tickets, but I'm pretty sure my dad and I did not go to that one. Um, I remember going to, I believe it was 98 with the Jaguars. That's probably the last, I think the last playoff game I would have gone to. And we're getting like real. I remember watching the confetti cannons going off and just be like, oh, <laughs> we're winning. Yeah. We're doing so good. Uh, yeah, no. yeah. I was I was five, and my dad wasn't the biggest football fan. He's actually actually my entire family is Giants fans, so, so uh, I was not at that <laughs> game. Um, but nonetheless, yeah, I would love to go to a home playoff game. Uh, the environment would be fucking crazy. I, I can't even imagine. But the problem is, like, I think I could pull it off, like wild card. Well, wild, I guess wild card. We wouldn't we wouldn't necessarily be. It would be a home game. Um, but like, mm-hmm. like wild card divisional. I don't know if I could stomach going to a conference championship and a Super Bowl. Because if they lost and other fans are talking shit and I'm walking out of the stadium, you get I don't know. I, not, not even like, I don't mind saying that. Like, I, yeah, I don't want to be like that guy. Like, oh, I'm going to fight somebody. But like, I don't know if I can emotionally handle getting berated by fans walking out after losing a conference championship game. So I think I might top out. Unless it's a home game. Home game, okay. Conference mm-hmm. championship away, I don't think I can pull it off. But I think, I think unless it's a home conference championship game, I'll go wild card, divisional, Stay home for conference championship. Now, if they're home all those games, which let's let's cross our fingers and hope to God they do, I'm not going to bet on it. Um, I'll be there until the Super Bowl, but the Super Bowl, I, I think I think I'm watching that from my couch. One, it's more of like it's more of a of a production, and two, mm-hmm. imagine losing the Super Bowl and getting shit talked to you. I just I, I couldn't do it. I'm going to be like and in a dark room five with, grand with on candles, a ticket or whatever you're spending. Fucking, I'm, I'm doing seances in a circle with candles <laughs> and a bunch of weird shit. Like I'm I, I got to be alone for the Super Bowl, so. <laughs> Yeah, the on TV experience is so good with football. It's it's hard to like pony up a ton of money to go see one. Uh, but wild card weekend or divisional round would be a lot of fun, especially because it's been so long for the Jets uh, since they've been there. Uh, I want to switch gears a little bit. We haven't really talked a crazy ton about Zach Wilson. We've we've, we've touched on him uh, as we've gone through each of the position groups here. What are your thoughts on the second year signal caller? Um. Yeah, it's it's been it's been obviously up and down. Um, the the Pittsburgh game, the first three quarters were they were they weren't great. They were below average, I would say. He made a few bad mistakes. Obviously, the pick he almost had that, you know that that pick to Minka Fitzpatrick trying to throw a ball away again, which you'd hope he'd learn from that time. It's not, not something that's overly complicated to just throw a ball, you know, 10, 10 rows deep. Um, so hopefully he's learned that. You know, now almost getting picked two times on that. Um, but then past that, that, that last drive, what was it? Or those, the fourth quarter was like 10 for 12, um, lighting mm-hmm. dudes up, looking guys off with his eyes, you know, confident in the pocket, quick delivery, um, accurate. So that was good. And I think overall he's improved his accuracy so far this year. He's misses a few more, but not like last year. Like remember that Saints game, it was brutal how many he missed. Mm-hmm. Um, but then past that game, you know, and then, oh, so, oh yeah. So sorry. The Dolphins game was another one that was like, I would say it was more positive than negative. The Dolphins game. A lot of his yardage did come from obviously that that Brees Hall wheel route for what 60, 70 yards. Um, mm-hmm. But still, it was it was more. I was I was happy with his mental processing that game. Um, and obviously, he had two plays where the ball, you know, they got tackled at the one. And Salah's already mentioned that a couple times with his stats. So first two games, okay, you know, cool, rusty start of the Steelers game. Solid the the Dolphins game minus the stats. But then the, the Packers game, he was not good in the Packers game. I, I know we won that mm-hmm. game. I know you know to, to me, quarter, uh, wins are on a quarterback stat. He struggled. The team carried him, um, and then obvi- the Broncos game, massive struggle Rough. as well. Mm-hmm. Like it, it, it was bad. And even the people like, oh, he's taking care of the ball. Yeah, sure. Mm-hmm. But in that Broncos game, and it, right off the start, like he had, uh, I think it was a, I think it was a dagger concept, and he and he hits, or he tried to hit Corey Davis on a dig route, 
and he missed them by like 15 yards. Like, yeah, this is not going to be pretty. <laughs> um, and it wasn't. And then, and then later in the game, he had that play. I don't know if people can remember off the top of their head, but he chucked it deep to Barrios. Barrios got an illegal contact down the field. It hits Justin Simmons in the hands. Um, and he drops the pick, but like, so the process was he chucked the ball up into double coverage, should have been picked off. He got lucky with the flag. So like, mm. um, so we definitely struggled in that game. Uh, obviously the stats, the, the picks, maybe he had a pick that game. I, I forget. Um, and then obviously the Pats game, like, do I have to say anything? It, it, it was, mm. it was a shit show. It, it was really bad. Um, wasn't confident in, in the pocket, wasn't stepping up in the pocket. Um, once his first read wasn't there, was panicking, trying to roll out of the pocket, obviously, the chuck up to to uh, Conklin or Uzama deep down the right mm-hmm. sideline with like three four pats there was brutal. Um, the throw out of bounds was brutal. Can I excuse the the Ty Johnson one? Yeah, sure. Like, do I want him to step into that throw a little more confidently? Sure, but is it going to happen where you float a ball a ball over a guy's head every once in a while? Yeah, it, it happens. Unfortunately, it's a shitty situation that or, or time to happen. Obviously, it picks bad at any point, but. Um, the two other picks were 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 absolutely brutal. But then you have the last game where he was he was good. And and credit to Lafleur. And pro, part of my problem with Lafleur is there's a couple of things. You know, going empty on third and short is is driving me crazy. Um, that not necessarily getting him into rhythm. I want I want to see more RPO. I want to see more short rhythm type passes instead of like they they run a lot of like dagger and cab and and sail like a lot of deeper concepts deep down the field instead of getting him. Um, quick in rhythm, you know, slants and, and double outs, spot concepts, spacing concepts, easy things. And in the Bills game, they did that more, more RPO, more short stuff, staying ahead of the sticks. So I liked the way he operated. He was a lot more confident in his reads. He was a lot more confident in the pocket. He was a lot more confident, conflict, uh, conflict climbing up into the pocket. Um, and, and we hope that he can continue to ride that out because like, there have been times where guys are there. Like uh, I think, I think it was a Broncos game. If you, I think it was a Broncos game where he has he has Conklin on a on a crossing route over the middle, and Conklin's wide open, and he looks at Conklin, sees he's open, goes to throw it, hesitates, then throws the ball, and it gives that 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 um, a safety time to, to eat up that ground and make the tackle instead of Conklin getting some yak. Like, why is he struggling so much mentally? But then this game, he was much he was or he was much better in terms of pre snap reads. Um, I, I go over that in my, in my review. It's kind of hard to talk about like the pre-snap reads, like just live. I, 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 sure, I, I know I can like the, the one, the one, the one play that there's like, two receivers tight to each side. Um, the way the, the, the bills are applying it, there's, there's two tighter corners or, or DBs to the left side. So he knows that on dual outs, it, they'd be kind of tough routes to run on the right side. He had whoever was on the outside and then Conklin and Conklin based on the way the defense was lining up. He either had a, a, a linebacker with heavy inside leverage or a safety that we guarding the out route. So he knew that that route would be open initially because of just the base on the way they were, they were, they were, um, they were laying out the defense and he hits it immediately confidence in his pre-snap to his post-snap hit him. He, then he then he runs forward for three four yards. So his mental processing was was much better. Again, accuracy, trust in the pocket. So um, running the ball two first downs, which he hasn't mm-hmm. done a lot of. So we critical hope more of that. So um, he operated the offense the way it was asked to be operated. And if you do that, and he continues to do that, and then you sprinkle in a couple of rollouts, three four deep shots a game that he hopefully hits with a good defense and a good running game. You're talking about a, a, a very good. Um, um, offense. And even like it, right off the jump in that game, I was like, okay, this is a more confident Zach Wilson, because I think it was the first pass where he threw deep, deep to Mims, uh, Mims and Mims mm-hmm. couldn't, couldn't bring it in. He, he dove for it. Um, if he could have ran that route a little bit better, he fought back for contact where I didn't necessarily want him to. And, yeah, and I was gonna say, it looked like he wasn't going a hundred miles an hour when, when he was like yeah, trying he was, to reach out. He was a little bit too concerned with, 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 getting physical with the DB instead of just running past mm-hmm. them. And, and Zach put that in a perfect spot where just the week prior to Mims, that, that one of those first throws, he throws it so far out of bounds, Mims can't make the catch. 
boom, next game he put he leads them, puts it in a perfect spot, couldn't walk into a better spot. He also had another throw to Mims in that game where he runs. Um, it was a, it was a dig route. He has a dig route, and he like sees the, the the linebacker expanding because the linebacker is you know the dig just you know like ten to twelve yards in cut, mm-hmm. and there's a linebacker that was expanding. He read the linebacker was expanding, uh, trusted Mims to get behind the linebacker. He put it in. You couldn't literally walk into a better spot. It was money throw. Mims unfortunately dropped it, but um, he was much better in tight windows. Again, much more confident in his reads, much more quick mental processing, uh, better footwork in terms of conflict climbing in the pocket, not just bailing out. So he had a bad three quarters and a really good fourth quarter, a decent, a solid game against the Dolphins. And again, not not to not to be. I'm not going to hide it, my feelings on it. Packers, Broncos, um, Pats were shit games they, they just were not good um from from really any standpoint and then he really bounced back against a, a bill's team so he's a guy who like seems to be so in his head at times where like if he's thinking that he's they're the better teams and like and like he should just he's almost like overthinking and i almost compare it to like he can hit like that fadeaway spin steph curry three-pointer but then he'll miss mm-hmm. a layup because he's overthinking that he should make the layup so I'm, I'm hoping that he continues on with what he was doing with the bills um I talked a lot there, though. So, <laughs> no, you hit it's, on some it's, great it's points. A loaded question, yeah, dude. The, the the legs of Zach Wilson, I think, are are mm-hmm. where I get most excited because I would like to see some more RPOs. And it's not that I want to see him run the ball a lot, but when five, six, seven yards are there, three yards are there. Take it. Take what the defense gives you. Don't force the ball into a, a hairy situation. And you talked about the two first downs he got. Those were two critical plays. He had like a 10-yard scamper where we wound up having that 12-minute fucking delay a game because the, the camera falling out of the sky. Jets were poised to score points there. They wind up turning the ball over because of the, uh, uh, what was it, the strip sack. So, like, you get frustrated with that. Um but that was a good run. The very next series after Sauce gets the interception, he runs that, what was it, third and four, third and three, gets the first down and then throws the the nice pass to uh, James Robinson for the touchdown. I think it was the very next play. Those mm-hmm. little uh, pickups that you get with your feet are so huge. You got to make the defense, you know, aware that you're going to be able to run. Because before that... I, I mean, I don't know how much he's really run since the preseason. It's been kind of the missing part of his game. Yeah, yeah, the, the play with um, the, uh, it was the one with Conklin. Like he, he ran up the seam, and there's some pressure, mm-hmm. you know, on the outsides, and he steps up, and there's like 15 yards in front of him on fourth and five. I believe it's fourth mm-hmm. and five, and he throws and he, and he forces the ball there. And honestly, if he if he had good timing, he'd probably have hit Conklin regardless. But um, you want to have like that dual threat nature, and he's never going to be you know Fields, Jackson, Josh Allen. He's never going to be anybody like that. Um, but he is a mobile quarterback who could easily run for you know, 30, 40 yards in, in a game. Like, look at the Jaguars run. Like, he could definitely run the ball, so take advantage of that. So you have the threat with the arm because his arm is is ridiculous. Um, you have the threat with the legs. You have the quick release. So he has all the tools to do it, but can he get over, like, some of the games where he, if he starts out bad, like, he gets the yips and it just continues where I want to see if he's going to be able to have a bad throw or two early and then bounce back for that. Like, that's what we really need to see Zach do is be able to bounce back from, from bad games because once it starts snowballing, it just it's just rolling down the hill from there. Um, but, yeah, this game, again, he was much he was much more confident um, in, in himself. And, again, just take what's there. Like, there there was times – again, I don't know if it's just thinking there's a linebacker who's going to magically appear or whatever it is, but, like, there was times in, 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 the, in, the, in the Pats game where, like, and I'm just going to simplify it. Like, there'll be a slant open for five yards on, on second and 10. Boom, you get to third and five, third and four. You have a manageable third down. He would see that, look at it, 
literally see it's wide open and then and then pull the ball down and try to run and, and, and try to run for the big play. So it's like just hit what's just take what's there. Like this this team is good enough for you to hit what's there and and they'll be able to score points. And if you don't score points, play the field position game and and trust your defense to make the offense drive 80 yards. But you can't skip on the open stuff to try to hit to try to hit deep shots. So. Um, but in the Bills game, he did exactly what I wanted him to do. Like the Bills game, regardless of stats, because I call people stat humpers. That's all. That's, a lot of people just hump stats. Oh, he threw for 150 yards on a great game. He did exactly what was asked of him. What else did you want him to really do? He missed. You know, he he had three bad plays I can think of. He had the miss yep. to Conklin on the out route. He had the yep. throw to Mims that was a little bit high. It still hit him um, mm-hmm. in the hands. And then you had and, and the throw to Barrios out on the, the flat to, to the right. Did he miss him? He threw it into the dirt. Okay. Like okay. Yeah, three yeah, yards yeah, in front. Yeah, yeah. I had three yeah, bad yeah. throws for that game too. Yeah. So, but like overall, past that, okay, he still went what eighteen for twenty five, seventy two per completion percentage. If if he's gonna play like that and throw for one hundred fifty yards, I'm fine with it. Like, listen, mm-hmm. you have that, and then again, you sprinkle in those three, four, five plays. You know, let's say let's say two rushing first downs and two, three deep shots a game. The deep shots that Jimmy G can't execute. You're talking about a Jimmy G who took the the, the Niners to the Super Bowl. Um, this Jets team is built very similarly. And if you, again, take advantage of the legs that Jimmy G doesn't have and that deep shot ability on a rollout every once in a while, once you get his confidence built up and you're running a lot of those RPOs like the, the Dolphins do, then we're fucking set. Like, that's all. We don't need that much for this defense as good as it is. It, we really don't, so. Uh, Weed the People drops and says, Hey, Ryan, I was listening to your show the other day and I have one question. When you kick callers off, is that the Zelda sound effect uh, that you heard, LMFAO. Well, here it is. Nope, nope, not gonna hit it. Hold on, give me one there second. It's not. <laughs> That's it. You're out of here. <laughs> so it is not the Zelda. Uh, I, I think he's talking about in like Smash Bros. When you knock Zelda off the map, or I guess it would be Link off the map. Uh, mm. And the the sound that he makes. When he gets hit, it's not that one. It's uh, I think it's legitimately. I think I did like a screaming chicken or something like that, and then I like took like a "That's it, you're out of here," and I overlaid that, and I like threw some other stuff in there, and it's just kind of sort of stuck. I don't even remember. I made that thing like four or five years ago at this point now. I was a big Smash guy on uh, Nintendo sixty four back in the day Ooh. as well. So, dude, we could talk some Smash. What uh, who was your <laughs> character of choice oh. in Smash? Um, so, sixty four. Well, okay, so I well I I forget. Uh, well, no, so so. 64 didn't have so 64. I'll, I'll go through all the characters. I could probably hit it from okay, so, left to right. So too. quickly, I know people are going to probably kill us for this because like, I don't, That's I don't right, really I haven't played anymore. My, um, <laughs> my, my brother-in-law, like he goes to super smash brothers competitions. Like he's all into smash. So like we used to play a lot. Um, mm-hmm. but, uh, so when we, pl- I don't know what, what game it was that I played with him. Like back when he was like a kid, it's probably 10 years ago, but I was, he is a dude who almost looked like link. We had blue hair. Um, I had him use him Ooh, a lot. Not 64. No, this wasn't 64, but then 64, it was like, it was like, I think I used Kirby a lot. That was like the OG one with Kirby's, like 15 guys. Kirby's a good character to have because you basically can't get hit off the map unless you get like sent. <laughs> like, yeah. He's, you could be as low as you can. You get all the way up to the top. My, I was, I could play with a bunch of different characters. Kirby, I'm really good with. Um, I was a big Mario fan. I, the fireballs are deadly. It's like, it's, it, I equate Mario to like the Tom Brady or Drew Brees uh, of like football where it's like those little dink and dunks where it's those like little fire, little three yards, three yards, three yards, three yards. It's like annoying. 5% damage, 5% damage, 5% damage. <laughs> it's over and over and over. And then, it, then you get someone on your team if you're doing 2v2 and you just have someone come in with like a Donkey Kong punch and just clear the stage. I could, oh, dude, I could play Smash 
weed the people. I'm glad you said the the Zelda thing because I, I'm a I'm a big gamer. <laughs> Love me some N64 Smash. Well, we'll 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 meet up one day and we'll play we'll play we'll play Smash. We'll have a couple of brews, dude. There's a place by me. I don't know if I don't know if anybody. I know I know at least. I don't uh, think I have my name. Like Steven Engels from around here, but there's a place by me where it's like, uh, what the hell is it called? It's in, it's in Red Bank and it's like all old games. But like you can be, it's a BYOB, so people are drinking while playing like old N sixty four games and stuff. What? Yeah, dude, yeah, that's fun. That's the old like. I, I have I, I've got the new Xbox, and I like I've I've played all the the systems you know for years and years. I grew up on video Yesterday, games. Super yep. Nintendo was my first one. Oh, I love it. N sixty four, PS two are the two, um, uh, the two that kind of stand out to me as like if I had to pick the best systems. Those would be my my two go tos because there's just there's so many games. PlayStation Two. I don't know how you can pick like a favorite game. There's so many different ones, and then N64 between like Cart and Smash, like all uh, Goldeneye and like I mean, there's just the list goes on and on. Ocarina of Time. Like there's just, ugh. yeah. If you guys yeah, came here gold, for football, yeah, gold, I apologize. Gold, Goldeneye with the golden gun. Yep. yep Blitz. Yep. But okay. Oh, I, I love Blitz, dude. The the Jets <laughs> used to have uh, this this white tent in the parking lot, and they had a Blitz arcade in there. And it was, I don't know if it was four player or two player, but like I was undefeated as a kid <laughs> going in there. You just like, oh, you dive at the receivers. There's no penalties. Oh, it was great. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. No, that there's, there's a bunch of, there's a bunch of good, uh, I, I think this was PS2 too, or yeah, PS2, like the, uh, like Crash Bandicoot and stuff. It was all class. Mm. There's all classics. There's all classics, but, um, oh. nonetheless, I don't know if we have any more Jets questions. I know people are going to start to lose their shit. I, no, I, I kind of, I sort of ended on Zach Wilson. So if the chat has anything else, we... <laughs> We want to talk about at this point. I uh, I see we the people saying still got my sixty four in all the games. I got mine too. I actually don't know where. Oh, you know, it's another good one that is right now. This. Uh, uh, you remember Rampage? Oh yes. Yeah. I was a big yeah, Godzilla yeah. fan. I was am a big Godzilla fan. So big lizard and like I was the wolf guy. The wolf guy. Oh, so good. So much fun. Yeah. Just yeah, to I, annihilate buildings. Now I don't know if this would be uh, it would be as good now that I'm you know 29 years old and playing it because like the graphics you're not thinking of how shit they were when you're 10 years old and playing that game but sure uh, you know there's a lot of cla- there's a lot of classics uh, you'll probably remember since you're a big video game guy but I think there's a PS2 mm-hmm. game and it was like it it was like you had like Crash Bandicoot char- uh, characters and stuff and like you had to go up like multiple levels there's like, there's like levels of like all like stupid arc- arc- arcade games like around and then yeah, like, yeah. you had to clear all those levels to go up another level then clear those levels to go up another level. Um, I definitely don't know that game, but that sounds like a blast. Damn. Yeah. Yeah. We got to, uh, we'll, 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 we'll figure it out. We're going to, we're going to yesterday's eventually, Ryan. Dude, uh, dude I, that's what it's called. like Grand Theft Auto. I, I loved like Vice City was one of my favorites and I was hoping the new, did they release the new trailer for the new Grand Theft Auto? I think things leaked for it. I thought they were going to do like Vice City with like the V and the I as like Grand Theft Auto six. That's what I was like hoping for. I, I dude, I can fly helicopters around. <laughs> Like blow people up, oh, dude! It's, it's amazing. Uh, the next time I'm on the show, I actually when I went to Venice, I think yeah, I think it was Venice. Uh, mm-hmm. They had a they had a shirt that was like it was like Venice City with like Venice yeah. things and like that box like that you show Vice City. So I actually have a shirt yeah, for, yeah. Ven- for Venice City like that. That's 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 oh great. that's but cool. I didn't I didn't know they're having a new. Uh, I don't really play a lot of like games anymore. Like the only thing is I really play. Yeah. Um, I challenge people to Madden all the time on here, but uh, oh, Madden, Madden and like NHL. <laughs> I hate but Madden, it, like more than it, anything it, else. I just, it, it's, it it's that one game that like gets me so fired up when I lose. I can't like, I'll play the computer for days, but if I try to play someone online, I just, I'm not good at it. So you just suck. Yeah. That's, I, I would hate I, it too. I, I well, I, so my, the last, I used to be really good at Madden and then I didn't play it from like, 
it might be 2012 from like 2012 till like last year. Last year was like the first mm -hmm. one I picked up and I was like, man, this game is totally different. Like it is way harder to run than it used to be. You used to be able to like, I don't know. It felt faster. Like, and then they, they changed like the engine that it runs on. Mm -hmm. So it's, you know, yeah. not quite as angle friendly. angle. Just touch on it too. I play, uh, with me and a couple of my buddies we have, it's like NHL and it's like, uh, E E E S H L or whatever it is. But it's like three on threes in hockey play that oh, sometimes, but hockey if, if games GTA are does come out, if GTA does come out, I will, I will play uh a gta especially you know like listen long day of film long day at work coming yep. home and chilling and playing some gta like i'm i'm, I'm cool I'll, I'll do that you know like i'm i know i'm about to be 30 people like, oh video games are stupid but hey you know no no no, no i'm gonna play video I'm games till the day i die i yeah dude i the game i've only recently gotten into i love rocket league i'm not like good at rocket league with the way where like some dudes will like spin their car like through the air and like dunk on you in terms of like holding the soccer ball into the goal insane i can't do that but dude i will like hold down turbo and i will blow your car up <laughs> it's just so much right it's like, a, like i don't have to think like i guess now that i've gotten to this stage of my like adulthood i guess like I, I got the kid i got the job my brain's spinning a zillion miles an hour like even like my free time i used to spend playing video games and now that i'm doing all the youtube stuff it's it's consumed with like making videos and graphics and doing research and all that so i don't really get as much time so i just kind of decompress and and mm. rocket league's a good one um i used to love playing fifa i haven't really played any of the newer ones so i'm not not too good at those but like so, <laughs> hockey games are great yeah, it's fun. So your chat's definitely different than mine because, like, my my chat. If I was talking about video games for like two minutes, people are like get the fuck out of here. But, like, people are asking about video games <laughs> now. Um, somebody mentioned Twisted Metal, which is a great one. Oh, uh, I loved, dude! I wish they would come out with a new one. Have you ever seen uh, yeah. Death Race, the game or uh, uh, the movie? Um, yeah. So it's got uh, Jason Statham. Like the pri they're, pri they're prisoners, and they yes. all yeah, 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 yeah. They're yeah. prisoners, and if they win five or ten races or whatever it is, they get released. And like mm -hmm. that that movie. I think there's three of them. I've seen two. Um, that's the closest thing to Twisted Metal. That's Sweet Tooth, Minion, uh, Axel, Spectre, Oh, I don't Drag know the name. There's a guy on a motorcycle. I don't remember the guy on a motorcycle. Ugh. I, I love. Used to be big. I'm a big COD, COD guy. COD, I, COD, COD got. I used to like COD when it was like Call of Duty Four, like Modern Warfare. But then, yeah. But then it became. But then it became a bunch of like twelve year olds just like sitting in a room. You yeah. walk in there like, on top of barrels, behind a wall, behind a little wood yep. panel. They're just sitting there for twelve hours. Just aiming at. The, I can't play games like that. Like, I get too impatient. So, um, I oh, dude, have, like, I have you played Warzone at all? Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. But it, dude, it, that's intense. When you get yeah. down to like three teams left and the circle's closing in, you're like, oh my god, smoke grenade, smoke grenades. <laughs> Shit's yeah. going everywhere. Grenades going off. Oh, dude, I could I love me some Call of Duty. I I transitioned to uh if if I do play, which it has they haven't come out with a new one in a really long time, so I haven't played it in a while, but I, I transitioned to uh Gears of War if I if I play shooting games because it's a lot more mm. bum rushing, a lot more fighting. Um, instead yeah. of like, again, hiding and, oh, I got, I'm two and oh, look at my KD. Like I can't, I can't yeah. do that shit. It just, it drives me crazy. So. My buddy got me into battlefield. Battlefield's a lot of fun. That's more of like the big, like almost like ground war in call of duty where it's like just a lot of people and it's a huge map. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm not that good at the new call of duty. I've, I've definitely slacking a bit on that. Um, <laughs> I'm trying to think what other games I've been playing. Those yeah. have, rocket league and, and call of duty have been the big ones the last few years. Yeah, yeah, I think there's some there's some things you have to talk about off air. <laughs> but I, I, <laughs> after, after I, the <laughs> I haven't played. Yeah, I haven't. I haven't played in a, in a little bit, like like two months now. If you if you kind of yeah. know what I'm saying. Um. <laughs> so, 
like it, it depends it depends on like it, the time like, there's times where, like i'm into it for like a month or two and then there's mm-hmm. times where like the, the my days off this week like i literally just watched eight games of, or nine games of sauce to get a review ready and then now i'm watching yeah. garrett wilson so it, it all depends on like kind of uh the, the time of the year and how much film is, is being required because like there are certain times of the year where after mm-hmm. free agency going into the draft and then after the draft like the jets will sign 10 guys yeah. so the reviews for me are two three hours like i really like my, my sauce review is like I think it's already like sixty plays through nine games, so I have to do two parts. So you have I'll have I'll, I'll do like him, Garrett Wilson, Zach Wilson, Q, all these guys. But like in, in years past, like you have you know they signed ten free agents, and then you're looking mm-hmm. at guys that might draft, and then they draft, and then they do UDFA's. You're doing like thirty reviews. I don't like I don't have time to wipe my own ass. So I can imagine with <laughs> with a kid as well coming. Um, not I'm not making an announcement. Um, but relatively <laughs> soon, relatively soon, within the next year or two. So um we'll, we'll see how much time i have i have but like again a nice yesterday's um outing we bring a couple beers play some rampage i am 100 uh, uh i need to do that i haven't been there yet but i, I obviously uh weed the people say he's been there so i'm assuming it's pretty good and everything i hear it's, it's a good place to go so i, I want to hit some of the old games for sure that definitely sounds like a blast. I my the most times I like will be gaming. It's usually so I do my Monday and Tuesday show eight o'clock, ten o'clock. By the time I'm done, uh, I upload it via like podcast as well. And then by the time I'm like all wrapped up, it's probably ten forty five or so. And I'm like, I could be up till two in the morning playing <laughs> video games. Like, but those are my two days a week that like Becca's already asleep. I'm kind of like, eh, I'm a little bit more off the hook uh, than I otherwise would be. Mm-hmm. So for, I guess for the last six minutes of the, of the, yeah. of the conversation, do you want to transition into a uh, Patriots game and sure. see how we, how we feel, get like a score prediction or something like that? I'm not let's, trying yeah, let's do I'm that. Saying, I know, we'll go, go I know expectations after the buy. Look at that. He's got another oh, graphic pulling up. Wow. <laughs> yeah. See, I don't have that ability. I, uh, uh, like I said, with all the films, like I, I need to go like mm-hmm. an editing class or like pay you like 20 bucks to just come over and teach Which, me some of the stuff because I <laughs> suck. I can't edit. I can't do anything. I could barely use a Google Doc. So I need to learn how to do some Oof. of these uh, little little graphics. <laughs> oh, dude, I, I love the transitions and the, the, the little overlays and things like that. But yes, we have the Patriots after the bye week. Uh, I think this team's going to be really pissed off. I, I really think the Jets are going to come out. And I thought they were going to come out swinging. And they really did with the exception of Zach Wilson. I think Zach's going to play smarter. I think they're going to call a smarter game for him. My understanding is they took away a lot of the quick reads from him that first game, but it also felt like the offense was different Patriot week versus Buffalo week. Like the the snap to throw was so much faster against Buffalo. Um, I'd like to see some more of that and really get Zach in a rhythm, have him kind of play with an up-tempo feel, almost like a like a two-minute drill for the entire game. What do you think the Jets do? I think they really need to like like the only thing that I want to see different is is a little bit more quick concepts because even even versus the the Pats which they're you know I don't know exactly how much they blitz the Jets but they put a lot of defenders at the line of scrimmage so even if they didn't blitz they felt they mm-hmm. made Zach feel like he needed to get the ball out um, quickly and he rushed his reads at times just wasn't confident in his eyes so I want to see more of what they did against the Bills like it doesn't need to be that complicated um, in terms of in terms of the game plan like the the game plan again last week a lot of like 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 spot concepts, double slants, double outs, um, spacing, stick, like very short and easy reads for Zach Wilson. And I think that at a certain point, like yeah, you know, running simple concepts for Bill Belichick is not always the best idea. But also to a certain extent, like he can only do so much when the Jets have a lot more talent than than the Pats do. At least in my opinion, like like they, yeah, they have some talented players. 
I know they're getting Barmore back, who's a good player. Um, at least I think they're getting Barmore back, unless I'm, unless I'm mistaken. Um, I know they're getting Andrews back, but we're still a much more talented team. So I, I think just keep it simple. Um, attack their their linebackers. Their linebackers aren't overly good to me. So I, I think a, a big game for um, Conklin. Like I, I think he had a couple of catches, mm-hmm. or a couple. He had two touchdowns right against the, the pass yeah. last time. So I would like to see them attack them with with Elijah Moore in the slot. Hopefully he has a big game. Attack them with the. Um, in the, in the passing game um, as well, obviously with with Conklin, and then and then run the ball um, effectively, uh, which they did against the Bills at least the last drive. But it took them a while. Like how many? And mm-hmm. I think I think Nani just brought a stat. Like the Jets are there. I think they're one of the worst teams in the NFL in third and short um, situations. Third and one, third and mm-hmm. two. They are near the bottom rung, um, and that comes from both run and pass because there was a lot of times during that Bills game where it felt like they were in short yardage situation and just could not pick up a yard. So. Um, mm-hmm. They obviously have to block more effectively, which is easier said than done. Um, attack the linebackers, and honestly, just just get the monkey off your back. Like get Bill Belichick out of your fucking head, and we'll beat them. Mm-hmm. Like something about him, like he puts a hex over the Jets, and they just they just can't perform versus him, especially quarterbacks. So, um, hopefully dude, you Zach eliminate just... like two and a quarter games from Zach versus the Patriots, and that's like half his career interceptions. It's insane. It's like his stat line is like drastically impacted from Bill Belichick and how he impacts young quarterbacks. Yeah. So don't throw balls um, that are going to be picked off and you're trying to throw them out of bounds. Don't force balls into triple coverage, just chucking the ball up there. Be accurate. Um, Michael LaFleur run a couple more RPOs. Um, Take advantage of your talent versus their talent. Even if you have to be simple, I think, again, I think they could, they could win that way. And then on defense, do what you did last time, but uh, they need to tackle better than they tackled. And, the Jets in, in this game, um, and I, I would have to look at the numbers in terms of how many times they, they ran uh, like heavier personnel versus the Pats, but the Pats were really, they were doing a good job just overloading the the intermediate level um, in terms of attacking the linebackers, attacking Quincy, attacking Mosley, um, overloading them and just getting good leverage on them um, for yak situations. So maybe they go a little bit lighter in the box. Maybe we see some, some more Will Parks as like that, as like that nickel backer. Um, and he can mm-hmm. take away some of those, some of those, um, those yak kind of angles and opportunities for, for the Pats. But, um, even if they just tackle more consistently, don't shoot themselves in the foot, they should be able to, to win this game. So five and zero on the road. It's what I'm, it's what I'm hoping. I just, you don't, you really can't go, Oh, and two versus the Pats wild card race. And then again, you have them, the Bengals and the Ravens, just a really shitty position to be in. Um, and then you have to, like at that point you have to win 11 and then, mm-hmm. okay, you lose, you lose to the Pats. Okay. You assume wins to the Lions, Bears, Jaguars. Then you have to take two Bills, Dolphins, Seahawks, Vikings. That's not necessarily the easiest ass. So just take care of business this game um, and put yourself in good position. Go beat the Bears ass next week. And then you're eight and three playing with a little bit of house money going into, into Minnesota. Yeah, I, I like where the Jets are. If they can keep this close, I well, I'll be honest, I don't want them to keep it close, but <laughs> if they keep them close into the fourth quarter, the Jets have been like the best team in point differential in the fourth quarter. I saw a stat that came out last week, so it doesn't include this this past weekend, but the Jets were number one in point differential. If you combined the third place and fourth place teams, I think is what it was. It equals, or no, it was the second place in the fourth fourth place. I think it was the Vikings, and I think it was the Giants. If you combine both their point differentials in the fourth quarter, it equals the Jets' point differential. Like that's how much better the Jets are. They learned they learned how to close games, and this rotation of of, of healthy bodies and and keeping guys fresh longer into games that goes for the running backs with the rotation of running backs as well as the defensive line. Because I mean, 
as much as we're getting pressure and we, we had the five sacks on Josh Allen, it felt like longer into games were fresher. And it, it took until I think this point in the season for me to really understand what that meant. Because when I saw Quinn and Williams playing like, I don't know, 60% of the snaps or whatever it was. Like yeah. I was kind of banging my head against the wall. I was like, all right, you start to see it. And you, you do see his percentage going up a little bit more, I think after the bangle game. Um, but it looks like we're staying fresh. I think, I think we get this win in Foxborough. I think it's going to happen. And I think uh, jets are 14 and three until proven otherwise. Number one seed. Do you have, you have, you have a score prediction? Score prediction. Um, 27, 17 jets. I like it. I was going to say 27. Okay. 27, 13. Fuck it. We blow them out. Two, two oh, touchdowns. I love it. <laughs> um, but like, yeah, it's, it's with the, with the defensive line rotation too. Like, yeah. Hope, hopefully I, I get it to a certain extent, but when the, when Quinn Williams is playing like 55% of the time, I'm, I'm not, I'm not down with that. When you're paying him, when you're yeah. playing him 70, I think, I think the, the Pats game, he was 72 and then the bills, he was 74. So he's steadily climbing. I'm okay with 70, 75 because like the normal, like studs are playing like 80, 85. I'm okay with a little bit less. But then you see that at like 55, and you saw JFM a couple of games, like 49, 50%. You're playing mm-hmm. with half the snaps, and you're getting paid $15 million. Then you better be dominating those snaps. So um, I understand some of the rotation, just not as stark as it was, or yeah, as stark as it was the, the first couple of weeks. But yeah, 27 to 13, they, they, they blow them out. Um, we get the bad juju out of the way. We go to we go to the MetLife Stadium um, against the Bears. We fucking we beat them too. We're eight and three. House money against the Vikings. That's that's what's gonna happen. I'm, I'm putting out there in the ether for it to happen. I love it. Manifest it. Weed the people says Jets win forty to nothing and Zach beds Mac Jones mom twice. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I love it. Wrong I'd on. like to. Uh, I don't want to say I'd like to envision, but I, you know what. I, I want that to happen in the worst way. <laughs> I'd like to imagine that Zach Wilson was the reason that uh, Tom Brady and Giselle broke up. That, that's where I'm kind of, that's where my, that, that's my reality. <laughs> in Can you imagine going out to Zach Wilson, then he bangs her mom. That's just, that's just perfect for Jets. Oh, we, 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 God, we, we, we would just would be, be so thrilled with that. Amazing. We're just, uh, yep. I'm going to start so many rumors if it happens. Sorry, Mac Jones. <laughs> Defamation suit coming my way. Uh, he deserves guys, it. Guys, I love having Joe Blewett on. Joe let the people know where they can find you, what you got going on, and thank you so much for coming on. Uh, yeah, JoeRB31 on Twitter. I put some plays up there. Uh, obviously, most of the stuff is going to come from JetsXFactor.com. Uh, subscription-based, but some of it is free. And then past that, if you want to get more like live streams, it's more film-centric than, than most other live streams. Uh, you can check out the live streams every Thursday. They start usually like 5 or 6 o'clock, depending. Um, and then if you want to watch the reviews, they're very long. They are two, three hours sometimes, but... If you wanted to say, oh, I wonder what Joe thinks about Zach Wilson, you could fast forward to the Zach Wilson portion, watch me talk about him for 45 minutes and not watch the other two hours. So it's kind of whatever you want. But yeah, JoeRB31 Twitter, uh, JetsXFactor.com, and uh, obviously I do all the all the film stuff, or most of the film stuff there. So, Boys and girls, make sure you hit that like button on the way out. Joe, thank you so much for coming on. I can't wait to talk to you off screen so we can say all the dirty things that we weren't allowed to say on stream. <laughs> Boys, thank you so much for flying with us tonight. This is Ryan signing off. J-E-T-S! What?